0: Hello, internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined as always by a one Trace Finicero. And What's the Matter Me, What's the Matter You? That's a One Gunner Kennedy. And we are also joined by a special guest today. He is a longtime friend. Um, Ken Lindsay. Hey, the, it's uh, your boy Ken. <laughs> what? That's what he said, Twitch or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's Ken. Ken's joining us today for the podcast uh, to weigh in. Ken is, uh, I mean, we've grown up with Ken. I don't know. We've all uh, Trace. You've probably known Ken the longest, maybe. I yeah, so. Ken.
1: W- Ken graduated w- with my older brother uh, from the same high school, but uh, I was actually better friends with Ken. Um, I used to break out of my father's house in the wee hours of the night, and uh, I would ride my bike. Ken lived down the street, maybe about two or three miles, and I would, I would. Break out of my dad's house after he fell asleep, and I would ride my bike down to uh, down to Ken's house, and we would stay up all night, causing ruckus.
2: And then I turned sixteen, was able to drive, and then we drove all over and caused ruckus.
1: Yeah, I remember when uh, your uh, your sister had she had bought the uh, uh, it was a Camaro Chevy Camaro convertible. Yep. Yeah, I remember you taking us out for rides <laughs> in the middle of the night in that convertible. And it was brand spanking new. It like, smelled like a new car. And uh, I really hadn't... Not only did I barely ever ride in a new car, but I never rode in a convertible. So that was a treat.
2: It's surprising that we didn't die back in those days. Just the insane driving around that we did. Um, I remember, we, I think I was driving behind your brother one time. And we both had car roads full of people and turn off the lights in the middle of the night, uh, back road, driving probably like sixty five miles an hour.
0: Just in, to in, scare people. In your young and early uh scholastic life, had you Evan ever um either had or threatened been threatened uh have you ever had your ass kicked or been threatened by someone from Waterbury Road? Not that I recall, I don't know where that is. Jesus, did you ride the bus to school? Sometimes.
1: Did you ride your bus? No. No, he rode separate. He he probably should have rode the same bus, but. He no, rode mine went up Lewis
2: bus. Point, and then there was another one that went down towards you guys and went up Main Street. There was, hope. The there was hope for the Lewis Point kids, so they tried to keep them as safe as there possible. There was
0: hope for the Lewis Point kids. Yeah. <laughs> Running joke. Had to go with it. Yeah, so, we, had, we had a dedicated episode to Waterbury Road. It's where all the hoodlums...
2: Uh, where's Waterbury Road?
0: It's out um, in White Law. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't. You might not fit in out there, kid. Yeah, it's off Main Street, which is not the Main Street. <laughs> no. By no means, Peterborough Street's the Main Street. Peterborough
1: Street, that's the one Gunner likes to ride his bike on, right?
0: <laughs> he used to. I mean, if riding your bike I means <laughs> crashing into a vehicle, well, actually having a vehicle crash into you and then getting ticketed for it.
2: I usually hate riding the bus just sitting there waiting to get to school. I mean, so much so that I'd rather ride my bike, what was it, like? I think five, six miles to school. I'd rather ride my bike even when I got too cold to be really riding. I'd rather do that than ride the bus.
1: Oh. Now, Ken, you're over six feet tall, right? Well, I'm six foot, six one, depending. Where the bus seats uncomfortable, because you were tall in high school, right? Yeah, for the most part. Because like, if I like, I, I have kids now, so I have to get on those school buses with oh. them for like orientation for kindergarten. For some reason, the school bus ride is like the big thing. It's like the treat at the end of them sitting through all this lecture, and uh, they aren't for adults. No, I didn't ride the bus much
2: as. I remember uh, before I turned sixteen I, I pretty much kind of my grandmother into taking me to school and picking me up uh, for a while. Just like I said, I hated just waiting sitting on the bus.
1: Couldn't stand it. I remember looking at the back of the seats and they had like there was like special seat patch paste where when somebody like jabbed a pencil through the seat, they would use glue paste stuff that looked like the same color as the seat, but it really didn't. It would dry like slightly darker or slightly lighter than the seat. And I remember just riding to school staring at these seat patch paste stuff. It was pretty strong, though. Like if you pushed on it, like you couldn't just peel it off. It wasn't like a, like a tire patch or something. <clears throat>
0: no, there's some sort of very like hypo- epoxy like uh, adhesive.
1: <clears throat> Do you think there's a guy that sat there and had to mix the color in? John, you got to put more red in. These are red seats. These aren't green. John, you just screwed up the whole batch. You made it green. Well, that's actually, th- that stuff, that stuff's like, s-
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, oh, actually. actually uh, there is a
1: green red. <laughs> it's a Christmas color. It's it's close to Christmas.
3: It's not brown. It's called a uh, green red.
2: <laughs> you know, thinking back, I really only have one memory from riding the bus. I don't
3: remember my, the age. I was pretty young. Does and, it involve uh, you swinging a severed head around and proclaiming that you were the lord of the you were the lord of flies? No,
2: no, that wasn't the bus. That was never mind. <laughs> um, I just remember having money, and I don't know how much it was, but you know, being a young kid, <laughs> any you know any amount of money was a lot. And it was you know, I had it in my hand, I was counting it, like I was so happy I had all this money. And then uh, one of the bigger kids, he came and he just grabbed it from me. And in that moment, I'm like. Oh shit, this is a big kid. He didn't, he's gonna take my money and I'm not gonna get it back. And there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I was probably, you know, in lower grades and he was probably a high schooler. But then he sat down and I'm kind of panicking, like, what am I gonna do? Gets back up, turns around, hands it back to me, and goes, don't ever count your money, don't have your money out, because someone's gonna take it and you're not gonna get it back. And, you know, it was, a, it was nice because it was a lesson. At the time, I'm like, well, that guy's an asshole. But, you know, I learned, you know, keep my money in my pocket. So that's the only thing I really remember from the bus.
0: Jesus, if you were on Trace's bus, you would have fucked everybody. Would have, gone and yeah, would have been gone. So,
3: yeah. You so yeah. So what happens? On, you didn't have more. What happens on
1: Waterbury Road is they start <laughs> distributing it like rations to all the other Waterbury Road
0: um, people, civilians. We can call them people exactly. <laughs> Raiders. We got to be
1: careful because we want Luke back on.
0: Yes,
3: no, Luke is not, definitely
0: coming back no, on. No, I mean you,
3: play, you played Fallout. You played Fallout before, right? I played too much Fallout. Okay, no, yeah, Waterbury Road is effectively a, a, a Raider community. Fair so to, to, to make that, you know, I mean it's a civilization. They're nice people. It's just they also cling to the side of the bus while trying to crack it open like an oil. <laughs> <like, laughs>
1: it's driving down the road. They, you know, it's it's the it's the type of road where a toddler shoots their parent and nobody calls the police.
0: <laughs> so, not because this is a podcast and it's not like a vlog. <clears throat> not many people know. Kin is actually uh, quite six, Asian, six foot and Asian. He's Austrian. You're you're North Korean. Is that your lineage? Hell yeah. What's that? Hell yeah. North Korean. You're North Korean. I don't know, but it won't be anything. I
2: want to say North Korean because. Well, the, if they come for me, I'd rather be on their side than not. You know, I mean,
3: like, I mean, before there was North Korea and South Korea, there was just Korea. So, I mean, you know, that's that's a semantically accurate statement. I, I, you because know, I've heard peop- Koreans. Yeah, I've heard people say that. You know, somebody's like, "Are you North Korean or
1: South Korean?" And they're like, "There's no difference," and they're right. I mean, politically, there is, but from a from a bloodline perspective, it's the same, right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's not been long enough that. Like, there are gonna be some genetic. It's like so much genetic variation between north and south. You know what I mean? Like, but- I don't understand why you're
3: doing this on a biological standpoint. E- ethnic groups are determined by the by the, by who you as a collective shit on outside of yourself. You know, I mean, like that. That's that, <laughs> that. You know, it's like who 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 you in the past at least have talked bad shit about. You know, it, it, it's it's why nobody likes Japan. <laughs> In the Rim of Fire. What do you mean? I like Japan. No, I mean like in the Rim of Fire, no one likes Japan. Uh, no one likes gotcha. Japan Yeah, fair enough.
0: <clears throat> but anyways, I did have a point to that. Uh, I actually, did you, Kanesota is, you know, not a very diverse area. Did you, uh, what was it like being, I mean, you were pretty much the only Asian kid in school that I can remember. Yeah, up.
2: for minorities, it was just me and... Uh, Hispanic kid or Mexican kid a kid. I'm not sure of the correct term. And we were actually friends for a while. Um and I don't think we got a black kid until it was in what seventh grade.
0: I assume was Quintel.
2: Yeah, I think so. And Hondo is
0: the Yep. I believe I don't know what the rogues are. Mexican American? Oh uh, no. yeah.
3: I don't know. Well they're they're
0: But yeah, um it was just
2: me and him for <coughs> minor- oh <coughs> excuse me. Just me and him off of minorities and uh I think I learned in a lot of ways, like how comedians talk about you just kind of take that thing and you, you roll with it and you make fun of it. So, you know, I made fun of being Asian, you know, myself to just kind of get along. I became friends with uh, Greg. So, you know, he was always harassing me about it. So it just became commonplace. Um, so it wasn't a huge deal. And I don't really recall being really, in a sense, bullied for being Asian, anymore, you know, <clears throat> in a sense of it being different than anything else. I mean, I was a little, I guess you could call it, say geeky maybe a little bit. I was also shy and quiet. So I, I think that made me a target as more so than being Asian.
1: Right, it's like and being a redhead. And being I really only of had, a,
2: I can think of one bully that stood out that really like this guy will not leave me alone. But I don't think it was really... I don't think it was race directed. I think it was just, you know, bullies look for a target. They look for someone who they can, who's in a sense weaker or they can take those shots at.
3: It's the gift unreceived thing.
2: And um, I had a conversation with somebody recently about um, how I don't have an issue with minor racism, I guess you could say, or old school racism, depending on the intent. And the example is uh, you know growing up in Canada, you know, a lot of older people. My grandmother was older, so people would make comments about like me being older. People would make comments about me being Asian, and they'd ask me why I was. I'd you know I'd say I'm Korean, and then just come kind of babbling on about like all during the war or your people or this or that. But there wasn't uh, mean intent there. They were just kind of it's what they the could relate story. with, yeah. So. You know, when I was younger and, and mature, I was kind of like, well, what the fuck? But now, you know, I don't mind. Those kind of things don't bother me that much. Um, Asian jokes don't bother me unless there's no effort, and it's the same old thing.
0: Well, I think any, like, racist... I uh, think, like, racism could be a great point for comedy. Like, Dave Chappelle is a great example. Um, but, like, racist jokes that didn't require any intelligence... Like a really, like a, like a shitty, like when I think of like, like racism, like Asians or whatever, like just some like shitty, um, like it, not interpretation, imitation, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just that alone is supposed to be funny, I think, is racist is fucking stupid. And not, but the like, thing okay. is, is,
1: we were kind of raised with those weird jokes, right? I mean, <clears throat> Asians couldn't drive. That was a joke, and that just never stopped. Um, like the whole blonde thing? You remember all the blonde jokes and the your mother jokes? Yes. There were. They were, There was really no intelligence behind most of them. Um, I remember, you know, your mom is so fat when she sits around the house. She sits around the house. And there's really no intelligence to that. It's just a quick pun, and you're just making fun of somebody's mom. It's not really that funny. But we were raised with those kind of slapstick jokes as being the norm. See, so, I don't mind...
2: Uh Easy jokes, if the timing's good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the joke was, but recently my friend Mike made a Asian joke that was kind of it, it, it's a lazy joke, but his timing was good, so mm-hmm. it, I, I even laughed. So I think it's definitely you know people need to lighten up and you know
1: roll with the punches sometimes. But like blonde jokes, they don't exist anymore.
0: No, not really. Like it's not like really thing, and that's it, that's kind of an interesting thing. So what i i wanted to take away from that um our main kind of like and build that into our, one of our kind of main topics is like we are all the four of us considered i think zenials it is it's like we're not quite we miss kind of generation x but we're also not really generation y like the millennials <clears throat> technically we're millennials but we remember a time where with like with like rotary phones and right. like mailing stuff like mailing letters there was no like email and shit like that until really like the stuff didn't get popular probably until what 98 99 like when email 97 maybe when email got like super popular did,
3: but did you ever call in when watching transformers um usa back in the day i didn't uh, no. have cable you didn't have a Yeah, no, I didn't we didn't
1: have, have a either. phone for a while, for a long time, mean, I think that's why we raised so much hell cuz we didn't have anything to watch.
3: Oh, see, see, yeah. yeah. my my my, my, fa- my father kind of made it the priority. I we we had the we had the 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 remote that was like the old school. So he had the, your tuner was a rotary dial. But it had like a hundred something channels on it, mm-hmm. and the remote was—you had well, this cable trailing off the back of the box to this the dial, and you would drag it over the chair, and they would all be chewed through because even was when it's very high frequency and ultra high frequency. Well, not uh no not uhf I'm am oh, you, oh, you had that but I'm am saying like the old school cable boxes oh the cable were, boxes? Dial, were dials too oh yeah I don't remember those. I
1: do, I do remember going... I think it was Wade's house where they still had a cable box with a remote that was attached with a cord. Yep. Is nope, that they, your they, house,
0: Wade? Um Somebody's don't
1: think we house. had oh. one. Somebody's no. house had one. And it was awesome. You oh. actually had to click the channels they, with it.
3: They, they fell
1: apart an so easily. An attached remote. It was barely a remote. It was like very close. Do you... Do like, you I don't even think you can
3: use the word remote. Do, yeah, like, yeah, well. It's like close proximity. Yeah, and again, so, like, I I, I used to get, um, I used to get bribe gifts from my father's mother side of the family, because she wouldn't come and see us, and there's a whole weird thing, but it was like, here, here's this one nice thing to make up for the fact that we don't want anything to fucking do with you for the most, most of the rest of the year, um, but the big one was, uh, do you remember the remote control cars that were just wires hanging oh, out of the back yeah. of that? That used to piss me off being a kid. <laughs> you know, I have $20 in my pocket. I go to the store, I'm like, oh, look at
2: this cool car, remote control car. I'm gonna buy it. And it's got cord.
1: Like, we were born at the wrong time. You, well, you, had not, actually, you really sure had to learn
2: to look for a real radio control
1: car, and, and they
2: didn't always say that either. So you had even,
1: to kind of look, do at you the remember half of the, the radio controlled cars you had to back up to turn? Yeah, you st- it w- it, there was actually no steering. They would have like a fake steering wheel, and it would just be like part of the plastic mold. There would be no way to steer it, and you when you reversed, it actually would just yep. the the wheels were like would just turn one direction. So in order to turn around, it would take you so long. It's kind of like you're driving your car home, and you can only turn the wheel moving backwards, and it can only turn one way. So you have to spin around, like, backwards in these circles in order to take, like, a slight right or a sl- it, it was fucking terrible. We were born in the wrong time for RC cars. Now you can get a freaking drone that's, like, the size of a quarter, and you can fly that thing fucking everywhere.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. I was in Five Below, and I saw this rail control car. I'm like, all right, it's f- I'm in Five Below. It's $5. It's got to be crap. I'm looking at it, it's rail-controlled. Mm-hmm. And
1: it goes in all directions. All directions like, it doesn't yeah. do that
2: back and turn thing. I'm and like, it's less for five
1: dollars? And it's less know. than five dollars. It's actually exactly five dollars plus tax. So five below is kind of misrepresenting the price there.
0: It should be five below plus tax.
1: Yeah, it should be. Dude, you know the weirdest thing? Um, have you ever been to those uh, those dollar stores that things are not a dollar? Mm, I've no. seen them. Yeah, uh, there was. I think one of the one malls the mall. has one. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like one dollar store and I walk around and I'm like you know I pick up this like I don't know this inflatable freaking llama or something I was like how the fuck is this only a dollar my kids would love this thing
2: have you noticed because it might be racist but I can say it usually those ones are owned by Asians Um, or at least there's the person behind the counter is Asian
1: yeah yeah I I think yeah, mm -hmm. but and I don't think it's I don't think it's racist because if you think about how you obtain a a warehouse full of items that cost one dollar, you need to have really you need to have direct ties to Chinese uh, uh, warehouses. And uh, I would assume it makes it easier to speak their language. So I don't think it's – I mean, yeah, from a casual observer, you, you, it probably you, sounds racist. It's like saying the corner market is, is owned you, by an a yeah.
3: You saw that the the one inv- the one primary investor in uh, Dollar General there is fighting with them to say, like, you, you shouldn't sell everything for a dollar in a dollar store. You should be selling it for more. And it's like, well, yeah, but we have all these signs. We can't change the signs. Maybe Sender well, is what, dollar and more
1: So this, dollars so this one dollar store. store I walk in I find this inflatable llama Or whatever the hell it was And uh, I bring it up to the counter and I'm like There's no price on this, how much is it? And he's like, eight dollars I'm like, what the hell? The sign on the outside of this place says one dollar store He goes, yeah, everything is in increments of one dollar <laughs> Every, Everything ends in zero, zero Well, if you're better about the 99 cent concept I guess that's a good place to go isn't that strange? Man, that's weird.
0: Yeah, it's definitely odd. Um, back to saying we, we grew <laughs> up in the wrong generation. <laughs> 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 I wonder when, A, I mean, we're probably already, like when we're going to start sounding really old. We probably do to some people. Oh, yeah, we're, <clears> yeah. Yeah. And when will we kind of be looked at, when will we have aged out so much that we look... So archaic that it's kind of like 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 how we view like really old people like ah oh, they're racist but they're sweet like that's just mm-hmm. how it was back then right like yeah. what will our big hang-up be will it be like we were sexist but we're sweet because we're old or like what do you like how do you predict that I guess it,
2: it'll be when um, either um, AR or VR becomes so popular and a part of life where we're like oh I can't do that because it makes me dizzy. That's going to be us being old. So
1: you think it's, you think it's like virtual reality and augmented reality that's going to that that's gonna differentiate us? I can see that, but I mean, the thing is... is like, if it picks up. I'll chase my kids around... You need to try the RCGs. I'll chase my kids around like a table, and I get dizzy just chasing them around a table. Like, my equilibrium can't handle spinning like it could when I was a kid. And I was never great at spinning anyway. I would always like get dizzy quickly. That's just the way that I am. So, like... Is part of that, like, the, the fact that we didn't we weren't raised with the VR technology, or is it really that just old people can't handle being shuffled around as easily? A little bit of both, probably. Yeah. I think music is a big factor. Um, who's the commentator from 60 Minutes, the old grumpy guy? Gunner, probably knows We're this. you about
0: 60 Minutes? Andy that makes Rune? you
1: old. Dude, no, watch it. It's a great show. Andy Rooney you talk Yes, Rooney. Um you know Rooney, had, really Rooney does these here. editorials at the end And they're so good Like one of them He's like What about the man that invented the umbrella And he like shows all of these different scenes With umbrellas And big ones and small ones But he did one Oh yeah And then the, the, the head umbrella The one that just clips onto your head What a fucking cool thing it Just looks stupid though looks stupid um, I would refuse Look like Raiden From fucking Mortal Kombat <laughs> The
0: shitty clown version of Raiden You never had just a take, Just
3: take the umbrella off you your head And a slice head somebody in
1: half What's that? You
3: never had a hat umbrella.
1: You have a hat umbrella. I
0: I've, h- I've had a hat oh, umbrella. Oh Jesus hat. Christ! Of course you have. <laughs> I mean, like it,
3: part of it was like my grandparents, and my mom's side, kind of messing with me, but yeah, it, you know, it was it was a funny gift, but yeah, I, I had a I had a I had a red question. I had a red and white hat umbrella.
1: More important though, did you actually use it?
3: Um, I never used it in the of attempt course to you repelling didn't. Rant, of repelling Rant. because I I, I, I don't I don't, oh, I, don't I don't empirically believe in the concept of an umbrella except as a fashion accessory and I would rock I would rock around with an oversized parasol if
1: that was the case. Why um, do you just wear like waterproof clothing all the time?
3: No, I just I just tank it.
1: What does tank it mean? I mean, I, I, I just take
3: it. the hit. You just take it. Yeah, the only time I you can take just, it or tank it. <clears throat>
0: I tank, tank it, it, but tank it essentially is taking it. So that's uh, like a. That is a term in um, a lot of role-playing games. Uh-huh. Like, uh, like, I made a tank, bro. It means, like, I'm going to take the fucking damage while you motherfuckers go to the back and attack this enemy. All right. So that makes tank sense. tank the damage. Yeah,
1: you tank the damage because you're like a tank going out in the, in the, in the middle of a battle. But I, I, the, the I, I, thing I, is, though, I, is when you're talking about umbrellas and water... I just picture him jumping into a fucking fish tank.
3: Yeah, no, I, like, I just I'm tank, just, tank uh, it, bro. It's not, it's, it's, I it's, just come it's, out just
1: blub 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 like a little fish.
3: Okay, I, I think I think what sums this up more than anything else was the the incident where um, I believe it was Erin uh, Tornator's uh, I Actually, I don't know what her last name is at the moment. I don't remember what her last name is no, but Erin uh, were I think it was her grandmother's funeral and somehow I had gotten in the suit everything was fine I had to fill my car up and there was a torrential downpour in between the span of when I had gotten out of the car mm-hmm. and uh, so I came to I came to the, mm-hmm. the funeral and it looked like I had just jumped in a fucking pool mm-hmm. or a tank or a tank
1: mm-hmm. don't, but it's, it's just best you, you just wish deal, you had just, that de- head umbrella at that point in time you just deal with it it's not a fashion accessory and you're wrong <sighs>
3: I would have clashed, but it's just. How effective would that umbrella? How what are we talking <laughs> the diameter here? It's, How no, it's not, not even. E, it's not even. It's not even a f- sufficient diameter to really. Get. No, it's uh, not. Vampire.
0: It just
1: covers like your head and a little bit of your shoulders.
0: Uh, what's the point then? I don't really understand. It's
1: for vampires. I don't really think there's a, there's a purpose. Who? Vampires. Vampires.
3: What? Oh, vampires! Vampires. vampires. Oh. Uh,
1: but no, I don't think umbrellas are a fashion accessory. But what I think happens is most people forget to bring them because you kind of have to always have one with you no matter where you go, right? Like you, let's say you work a desk job and there's a long walk. And by long, I mean like more than like a 20-foot like, a like dash to your car. Then there's a good chance you're going to get soaked if it's downpouring. Now, you can do one of two things. You can wait for who knows how long for the rain to slow down. Or you can have an umbrella. Well, what do you do? You just keep an umbrella at your desk all the time. How many umbrellas do you keep there? Like, what if you forget to restock am, your umbrellas at your desk? I'm, you have, do, that, I'm, that's I'm doing, doing I the I'm keep doing one in your mod.
2: car, one in your house, one in your office. And is that what you do with umbrellas? No, I, don't, I can't stand using them. There's one. There's so the do office you think that one. They're just a fashion accessory. The, there's an office one that I will. Only, I only really use the umbrella, an umbrella in general, if I'm going outside at work to stand to to vape. Mm -hmm. outside Um, if it's raining and i get to work i'm like all right go i walk in i mean the
1: only time so it's it's a vape accessory for you pretty much yeah now do you have like special ones you're like i want to vape with a green umbrella today no it's which it's the one i can find do you have you reached out to the (laughs) to the ecig manufacturers and said i vape so much i want you to sponsor my vaping give me a huge umbrella one that i can actually like cuddle underneath with cute girls that also vape or possibly smoke and i want your logo on the side of the umbrella while i vape have you tried doing that yet no i haven't why haven't you gotten vapes <laughs> just <laughs> ella, do it ella ella, ella just A, do it and you know A, what give us A, one too under that i, umbrella I, I can do I, I don't vape but i'll start if i get an umbrella
0: why do i hate umbrellas as much as gunner <laughs> I hate umbrellas I fucking hate I don't them. Careful. I don't know why. I'm I mean like it, it, well, and
3: again, I I I'm in the process of modding a car so I can conceal multiple ones inside its door door panels like a
0: Rolls-Royce cuz you know that's baller, but
1: what if it's bright yellow with Pikachu on it? Would you hate it then, Wade?
0: I mean, I wouldn't. It's not I guess it's I don't hate it. I just I don't really see a point because I've never Exposed to the elements for that long because well, you never fall from a cloud, and you need to slow that you're, you're,
2: you're I understand the, problem, the women who get their hair done a certain way, like where you know, any real amount of moisture will That's sexist affect it. That's sexist. So, yeah, so yeah, you, 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 you you're not thinking bad.
3: of this the right, the right way because you, you know, it's a convenient place to stash a sword. Um, I mean, you know, you could go the Ry- Ryoga Ryoga uh, Ryoga Hubiki route where you have the giant one that's like a depleted uranium fence post. It has to be a perfectly straight sword, though. Oh, uh, you know,
0: it's it's like a sword cane. Sur- I mean, that would be, like, that might change my mind on the umbrella. If yeah. the umbrella concealed, like, even just a punch knife. What about the movies where it's a gun? With, like the James Bond films, oh, I think. Maybe bad? there's probably a gunbrella. Gun I mean, that, that would be... Yeah, I would totally be okay with or, it Or
3: you, or you get the, or you do like the penguin with it. has got the helicopter built into it. So I refuse. This. To me, there's two different style umbrellas. <laughs> umbrella.
1: I don't believe the head umbrella to be one. I believe that to be a fancy <laughs> hat. <laughs> to me, there's two style umbrellas. There is the huge motherfucking umbrella. Now, that's the best one to have. Because, number one, it can withstand the wind. And a lot of the times when there's rain, there's also wind. So you need the big motherfucking umbrella... And it's got like like the rods it's made out of are like like thick steel and like it can withstand. But it also you if there's like somebody walking, it doesn't need to be a cute girl, it could be a cute boy, or it could be an ugly girl and an ugly boy. I
2: avoid being sexist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they <laughs> don't heavy, heavy handed men do their hair too. Not everybody buzzes their head, kin It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> it is cheaper. I used to buzz my head. Um Until I started buying umbrellas.
3: I mean, like it's a plus. It'll make the brain reading electrodes easier for them to register on you.
1: That's true. So the big motherfucking umbrella. And those things are great. I, I wish I had one every time I went somewhere because they're so strong. And then I can also cover the person next to me. Sometimes it's my kids. Although they prefer to splash in the puddles. So fuck them. They don't get an umbrella. And then there's this little like frail like portable umbrellas you can almost fit in your pocket which is like most umbrellas that's the ones yeah so the problem is is that most people have an experience with one or the other one of them is so big you can't actually put it anywhere and the other one is so small and frail that it like just blows away with the wind those to me are like the two styles and um my my day job we actually walk like up and down and ken and i actually our day jobs are, are across the street from each other coincidentally um we both work for insurance companies. Are you well. rival
3: insurance companies? Because that would be great if you had, um, like insur- if you had corporate battles. Not we're really. He's, ball and there's some kind of, uh, his company there. is
1: more in like the, um, do you guys do workers' comp? <clears throat> Probably. I have no idea. His company is, is like life insurance and stuff like that where we're more like property and casualties. So we would do homes and commercial properties. Um, we don't do auto at all either. But, so technically, Ken and I actually could be walking by each other with our, with our umbrellas. Um, but uh, okay, foolishness. Foolish. So are you talking about me walking
2: randomly at work. What's the point in that? I,
1: um, because I got vaping to do. Well, you okay. can do them both. You know, that's too much effort. He'll, that's too much effort. He'll
3: he'll run on a steam.
1: And when and those are the two styles, I usually see. It's like the the huge ones, and then and those huge ones are
0: expensive. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's an umbrella. How often do you really have to use it? Why would you invest the money in it? But, but then it's like. But what if you get that's laid more because for a place it?
2: like Seattle where. They have consistent rain. Where we live
0: in an area with con- consist- more precipitation in Seattle. You do realize that.
2: Yeah, but it's not <laughs> as predictable. Like we have bigger all at once. than, than they, they have more, like
1: at least from my understanding. The other thing is, is most people now when they walk, they, if they're, especially if they're walking by themselves, they like to use their phone. And it's hard to use your phone when it's getting rained down. So not only can you put shelter over the person you're walking next to, they can also enjoy their phone.
2: How big is your office building? Because uh, you know now that it's colder weather, I've noticed that people are walking around, doing laps around the building for their exercise. Ours is outside. too small
1: to do laps around the building, unfortunately. My previous job, which, again, coincidentally, Ken and I both worked at the same casino. Um, we did overlap for a little while. That was so large that then I was part of administration like you are now. Um, or at least more of that, like desk style job. And yeah, they would get up at, you know, for 15 minute breaks or for their lunch and walk around the facility. And that was great. I actually enjoyed walking around the facility. Uh, sometimes, if there was just a chance of rain, I would choose to walk inside the facility. I never brought an umbrella back then. But now um, I actually look at the forecast. And because I know I'm, there's no place to walk inside, I bring that umbrella with me. And then, you know, I, I usually bring it on my walk.
2: Yeah, I was a casino dealer, so my exercise was walking from the back room all the way out to the games. Yeah, that's right, because
1: you guys would take a 20-minute a break every 40 minutes, is that right? Or every hour? Every hour. Every well, hour.
2: usually every hour, unless you were in uh, specific spots, like uh, the high-stakes
1: tables, a lot of times did 40 on 20 minutes off. Yeah, so your walk breaks were pretty much just going from break back to your table. Yeah. We've
0: yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, we've never had like a... Uh, I mean, not that it's a prominent thing in your life, but you were, how long were you a check dealer for yeah About five years. So that's a sizable amount of time.
2: It was right off high school. Um, it was nice because it was decent money for right off high school. <laughs> and it exposed me to a lot of different people. And it was just, it was a very unique environment to be in um, But in you first were like
1: co- first couple of years. And this is going to sound racist, but you're like, you're one of the only Asian dealers there that actually spoke English as your primary language right That does sound racist. <laughs> <laughs> Am I incorrect? Yeah I think no, I think you're out correct. Um, I mean it's some of them that speak it, but because I remember you coming up to me on your break and being like, I did not want to talk to my table today. I told them no speak English when yeah, they started talking yeah, to me it, And it seems like a cliche that you can just ride anytime that you want to.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely, but more so the casino. I mean, there was definitely a high population of Asians there that didn't either didn't speak English or didn't speak it well. Um, and it was a unique experience for me coming out of uh, high school because um, you know, all these Asian people looked at me as being, at least I felt they were looking at me like I was too Americanized, so they didn't really talk to me too much. I have a slight hearing problem, so if the English wasn't clear, I had a hard time understanding them. And then, then a lot of Caucasian people automatically grouped me in with the Asian people who don't really speak English, just, you know, from the way I
1: looked. So it was, it was unique for a while. You won't be able to answer this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Once I saw one of the dealers, one of the Asian dealers at that casino get Mountain Dew and add hot water to it, why would they do that?
2: I have no idea.
1: I knew you'd have no idea. <laughs> But it was one of the grossest things I've seen. But I I think about it all the time. I'm like, is that like a hot sweet tea? I'm never like gonna Mountain Dew tea. Never let that go now. Yeah, I never will it, either. It
3: lives inside of you now. Yeah.
1: Forever.
0: I mean, once you see it, you can't unsee it. What was the, what? What did you like about working at the casino as a dealer? Like what? And what did you absolutely despise about it that eventually made you leave?
2: Um, you know, I came out of high school. I was what 18 or so. You know, so I was young guy. So. Seeing all the girls, I mean, that was definitely a plus. Um, interacting with people, I enjoyed at first until I realized, and, and this is the part that I hated, was uh, I guess, you know, it comes down to greed. People are, are trying to get that money. Um, and just people were Horrible. Like I mean, there was this one lady who was playing almost every day. There were sometimes I would see her more than my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, "This this is horrendous." Um, there was a guy who gambled away his, I think like thirty thousand dollars he had saved up for his kids' college fund, and I took that from him. I think in a span of an hour and a half,
1: so it, it was horrible to see. And, and they blame the dealer for that, right? A lot of times, yeah. To me, the dealers were like robots. And I'm friends with a lot of dealers. So I I, I feel when I say this, I'm not really insulting them because I've shared my thoughts with them directly. But they were like robots because they had to be at their table. And then, you know, after an hour, they had to go to break. And the interesting thing about them is that they would usually travel in groups. And they usually would be so adamant on making it to their destination on time that they would actually walk through people and i remember every day battling like you know just a group of dealers walking through a hallway and it was like i didn't exist number one they had people to talk to as they were walking so they weren't paying attention to where they were walking and number two they only had 20 minutes to make it to their to to make it you know to the break area and then back to their table
2: i remember i remember seeing that and almost like a lot some of the dealers acted like uh they were better than any other employees. And it really, I think it goes back to that almost gang mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, especially uh, because you were on a certain break. And um, you were on a break with the same dealers and out right. for, for that day. So you became a gang through the hallways almost in a sense.
1: It, it was a very. It was very, very strange. Weird. And they were more impatient in lunch lines. So. F- Every employee there would have a one hour lunch, except for the dealers who would just have a bunch of little 20 minute lunches and they could just choose which one was their actual lunch. And because of that, the ones that decided that they wanted to eat had less time than everybody else. And that f- made them like just really intolerant of having to wait. And that to me really turned into what you're saying. It was like it was almost like they marched in like a gang. And over the years, I started to really despise. Any dealers because of their attitude because of how impatient they were and it might have been um, you know the job that made them that way it might have been you know the schedule that made them that way but it was only the dealers I don't remember feeling that way about the supervisors of the dealers they seemed much more laissez-faire they just kind of walk in and walk out Um, even the security team there the security team there was just standard shift work and uh, very very warm when you experience them like Like in the lunchroom or in the break room or something like that. It was only the dealers that just really seemed like cutthroat, like, I'm going to get in here, I'm going to do what I got to do, and I'm going to get out and don't get in my way. Yeah,
2: I think it had a lot to do with the timing of the. We had 20 minutes on break, but generally, at least it was a. At at the lowest, it was probably like a two minute walk back and forth. So there's four minutes of your 20 minutes already gone. So if you're trying to get in the lunch line, you know, you're in a hurry, you're impatient and stuff. So.
0: <clears throat> crazy. So hand so, Yeah, exactly. I'm not really well, actually sure where to go from there.
1: Um, <laughs> well, one of the th- reasons that we were talking about the whole generational thing um, before we started recording was because of some recent news. Do you want to jump into that?
0: Yeah, definitely. So disclaimer, um, this is not, so it came out originally, uh, that the Rock had eventually essentially said um, that millennials were taking a society, or was a society or males a step back, or just uh,
2: millennials? I think uh, were t- taking us a step back with other oversensitivity, I believe, or something like that.
0: Yeah, and so if it turns out uh, Gunnar actually unearthed some some news that he is suing uh, the people that put the interview out because they. Uh, heavily edited the interview and took him way out of context so we'll see how that goes uh, i did kind of find it a surprise when ken said that the rock had uh, stated that because he's a smart guy he's not a dummy by any means and um although he pr- does portray this like uh, he is like the action figure of our of, of the current generation he doesn't necessarily portray like this old school man's man like insensitive uh Type of person, so I was kind of surprised to hear Ken talk about that. But it is kind of interesting, um, just how different generations view each other. Like, I don't think anyone can argue as the generations unfold, they get softer, right? Like, because they typically don't have to deal with as many hardships as the generation beforehand. Would you disagree? Agree with that? What do you What do you think? Everyone, chime in, please. I mean, I'm not out. Side
1: in ten degree weather chopping wood because we ran out this winter, right? Uh. So, it, talking about how hard people are, um, I would say that I'm definitely not the same man that my father was from that perspective. Um, so I would agree with that statement. However, I also I've sat down and and and, and actually had like like in depth conversations with people that are. My father's generation. and there's some fundamentals they simply don't understand about ours. Number one is, you working harder doesn't make you more successful. That's something that's crazy oh, and it's
3: always been, that's always been a scam, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true. Oh, y- y- there, there, I think a- if
1: you looked at my grandpa coming to this country, um, the harder he worked, the more he had. I- and because of that, The harder you work, the better
3: off you are. So, at some point, it stopped. Maybe, maybe let, maybe let let me, let me, let me structure that statement correctly. There is two things, which is that the harder your work, you could improve your direct situation, which was pretty, which used, which really was a thing when you you could like go out and like, okay, the material, the material reality that affects me, like, am I starving? am i going to am i am i gonna have heat this winter am is my family gonna be fed you know like that okay there's a cer for for a large part of human history yes that was directly related to what you did but i mean like as far as the American dream i'm a you know like we have a bunch of millionaires and millionaires in waiting. No, you know, just that, the that, first that, part. Yeah, because what that, I'm saying that, is just the first yeah, part. Yeah, okay, the no, first okay, part so is we're, something we're on, that's changed. We're over on the, the same. The we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah, it
1: is in regards to the American dream and you know like having enough money for a legacy and a uh, state and having your your kids go to college for free. I realize that you can't just be a factory worker, and necessarily achieve the the quote unquote you know American dream from the perspective of entrepreneur. Um, having having additional wealth right but there was a point in time where that was enough to live comfortably yeah. and that i think is what's changed a lot and and one thing that i really feel that the generation before us failed to do was to stop and look at numbers like to look at the cost of life look at the amount that they make look at the amount that they spend look at the amount that they save i don't believe that Um, And and of course, there's people in my father's generation that are an exception to this. But especially in a depressed, an economically depressed area like we live in, I feel like those people just did not plan. They didn't plan for retirement, first of all. So they didn't plan on on living on anything but, uh, uh, you know, whatever Social Security would be providing them. But I feel like they lived above their means. There was this. (laughs) There was this idea of. I, I still see this today when, when people my father's age walk into a grocery store, it's about how much they've achieved. It's bragging about what colleges their kids got into, right? They, they don't want to appear vulnerable publicly. And I, I get it because in a man's in a man's world where man. you're outside and you're you're freezing and you're sweating and you're you're building everything that you have, you don't want to ever appear that you're that, that you have lack of strength but i think that that appearing vulnerable is something that it does soften us as as a society but i think it also is more honest to our peers and it allows us to be able to um, to identify and jump in and help each other when we need it whether it's you know through word or whether it's financially or whatever they need so you know, i look at how much you know, I when, when I look at when I look at my own life, I look at how much money I bring in, I look at how much money I put out, and I try to I try to to fix that equation so that my quality of life is is positive, and uh, I feel that that's lacking with our parents. Well, I think that's generation. a
0: it's kind of a slippery slope because that's what Social Security is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like it was supposed to be not some supplemental income. It was kind of supposed to be. A, we weren't supposed to live as long as we're living now. Mm-hmm. So our parents certainly weren't supposed to live as long as they are living. But well, that's not necessarily true. Our 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 parents, like our grandparents, I guess, is a better term. Our parents are still within working age. Most of them are around there, but they're getting approaching. Mo- what?
3: Let's be let's be real. Most of us have parents that will be working until they die.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you know, whether you know, I mean, like some ex- some exceptions. But they're the pension generation too, though. Wait, so even though
1: they relied on Social Security, they just expected their employer to just keep giving them paychecks, and those pensions disappeared, and because of that, their quality of life went down. But it's because they actually didn't understand the the vol- they didn't understand the volatility of their own money. Because it, it wasn't well, Thirst. It well, was actually it, you, never Thirst. Well, you see, we're but, the four hundred and one k generation, right? Uh, we actually, and I know that's volatile as well, but that's not volatile because the company decided to just go to to just well liquidate it. But, it. That's but, volatile because it's driven by the state of the economy.
3: Are are you are you familiar with the 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 why the pension became such a big thing in modern? because like, I mean like it was part of like some uh, upper like upper white collar jobs but why it became such a big thing in the working class like post so um during World War two dur- basically uh due to uh co- due to the way that um they were structuring stuff just to keep the war funded and, and whatnot there were caps on how much you could actually pay workers and the the uh, mo, 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 at least like yeah the the modern working up eco- economy up until like the end of the sixties the start of the seventies was basically at least in America was a a product of this. They couldn't pay workers originally above a certain rate, so what they did is that's where health insurance became like directly tied to your job because they would pay your that was a, that was a way that they could offer additional compensation outside of. Your original salary was health insurance, uh, pensions, retirements, stuff like that. And, you know, you say about the volatility, but really what happened is that, like, they had these pensions that were just huge pools of money. And as they got into the 70s and wh- whatnot, they just basically saw that there was all this capital that they you know, as management had rotated out, they saw that there was all this capital that was sitting stashed in a bank somewhere and they wanted it and they either they wanted it for themselves or they wanted it to sink into the business on dumb ideas because they couldn't get banks to fund them. Because, you know, we, we, we just, we, we scratch, you know, like, uh, you can frame it however you want, but most most big businesses run their places like they're doing scratch-off lottery tickets half the time in Western Corporations, and,
1: and, and maybe maybe the advantage that we have is the communication oh, we, we know can, we're fucked We can fact check things faster than our parents could with, with our parents it was word of mouth and and there was always scholars that knew the exact truth but for the most part it was word of mouth which caused a lot of <coughs> a lot of accepted truths that may not have necessarily been true I remember when the local uh, silverware plant which is Oneida Limited for anybody who's heard of that it's great silverware. Um, they actually used to still, in my lifetime, they were still manufacturing the silver, um, the, the silverware in, in, in our neighborhood. And I remember when they uh, when they laid everyone off and they outsourced the production, and I remember bumping into somebody that worked for the company, and they they said exactly what you're saying, Gunnar. The pensions just got repurposed. And what they, they're they like, I worked for this company for 25 years. I've been expecting that pension. But before I could get it, I was, I was terminated, and the money just vanished. It's just completely gone. And all of my coworkers that I've worked with for 25 years, their pensions are gone. And that happens in the stock market too, right?
3: And it's gone.
1: Yeah, it happens in the stock market too, but at least with the stock market, it's not... It's not one single greedy guy at the top of the company doing it. It's more like like the emotion of the. Of there's, a, the there's a there's a there's a collective
3: the of mob economy. of t- a, right. a, a, a formless but long tooth equipped maniacs. Right. Hacking. It, it, it's you know and unfortunate unfortunately um, you know what it, you know per per each we're 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 in that end stage late capitalism phase where we see like okay so, you know, Amer- America will not America if it like drags its heels head refuses to like
0: talk about socialist kind of stuff. Well, this is not the well. This no, no, isn't like you use the word capitalism. This isn't capitalism. No, no, like, uh, people paint this. This is kind of gets annoying to me. This because this is something that a the. That is more popular amongst the millennials. Yeah. where it's like capitalism is this terrible thing. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. no, capitalism can be amazing. This isn't fucking capitalism. Uh, no, I, I, there are s- we have so much brand concentration that there are no other oh. options to go to, and that's not capitalism. Well,
3: you, know, it's you, all the you, you, the you phrase you, you phrase that, and I guess so. Y- the way you have to think about it. Or say, or the way, yeah, I shouldn't say that because that, that's not the way, the, the way that I think about it and whether you choose to indulge in this thing is that capitalism, you know, like all these economic systems are like having pet elephants or pet sharks or pet tigers, you know, and the people who sat, navigate it successfully are the Mike Tysons who can fucking punch that tiger in the balls and still have it like roll over and let him rub its belly because it, know, it knows that it will fucking, if it crosses it, it will, it will ruin him. But if you and I had a pet tiger, there's right. a non-minimal chance that it's going to yeah. tear our fucking faces off. Yeah. And, 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 and
1: it's extremely metaphorical what you're saying. But there's some recent examples of of, of what you're describing, right? Like um, like Target being almost uninfluenced by the leaking of yeah. millions of credit cards.
3: It's a great example. Their where, effective response is deal with it.
1: Yeah, it's deal with it. Yeah. And um, who is the, uh, the credit report? Um, uh, Ex- uh, Experian. Experience mm-hmm. um, where they leaked all of the and I mean credit reports. They ask for quite a bit of information. Your social security numbers I think on there. the like wrong
2: it's, word, dial. I think it's more. It was more. I. I mean, it was a, definitely a breach. But
1: yeah, you're right, Ken. I shouldn't use the word leak. Um, it would definitely. It, it was a security breach. Mm-hmm. However, I, it, to Gunner's point is that usually when a company makes a mistake, because and that's why it leak is kind of a. In most of these cases, the security vulnerability was exposed to them through an audit before the actual leak occurred. And because of that, um, it could be perceived that the company knew there was a problem and didn't fix it. And in that case, leak is probably a good word, but you're right.
2: There were a lot of times, too, that they found out about it um, a good amount of time before they told anybody, like before they told the public. Well, and, yeah, correctly. and the
3: executive management shorted the, st- shorted the stock so mm-hmm. that they could. Uh, or sold out I mean yeah this is
1: Uh, Facebook with the Cambridge Analytica
0: thing yeah well well,
1: actually who would have thought 10 years ago that Facebook Facebook would be so large now that they could get away
0: with that that's fucking crazy and that's like a difference in generations right there because this younger generation grew up with Facebook essentially as like this mainstay it's always been this important thing in their lives you know or, or important thing in their lives where they're almost cognitively developed right like for The past we, 10 years Facebook's been around roughly. We
2: started out too with uh, don't give away your identity online. We all had, you know, our special handle names mm-hmm. that you know didn't Them usually didn't have, yeah, usually didn't have our real names in it. But now with f- for Facebook, social media, I can figure out you have to use your, your, your full name, name you have to your, use your address. Name. I can figure yeah. out, yeah, yeah. most of your right. daily routines, it, uh, the times that you're going to be home. I can see pictures of your kids. I can see what school they go to. I mean, it's... it's it's, one uh, step further, dude.
3: Not not even just that. It's even if you use a fucking pseudonym, if you have somebody that pierces that veil Mm -hmm. and you interact with them in any way, shape, or form, even if you just get your fucking phone next to them... Facebook they keeps can, track of people can, yes
2: pe- keeps track of people who don't have accounts. Yeah, they, they, my father. They, do my father, my father
3: gets freaked out when I when I explain to him the whole concept of a phantom profile.
1: But they actually don't allow fake names either. Um, I mean, I mean, I just set up a, an Xbox Live account um, so that I could. Uh, I know, no, I don't have an Xbox. Wait, sorry, boo. not ready to play yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't boo me. I don't not have one because I don't I know, want one. I, I just don't have one. So uh, I set one up because um, Microsoft. You know, they bought Minecraft years ago, and now Minecraft is an Xbox product, and mm-hmm. the PC is like... The, Do you
2: have the Windows version now, not the Java, because my daughter will not leave me alone. She
1: wants to play Minecraft with your kids. <laughs> um, did you get it from the Windows App Store, or did you did you download the Java version? I don't have it on PC yet. Oh, you don't have it on PC yet. Um, they generally don't play the... They generally don't play the Pocket Edition or or the Windows Store version, which is just the Xbox Live one. But, anyways, I signed up for an Xbox Live account, and it makes me it makes me establish a first and last name, and I'm like, this is not. This is not your business. What my first and last it's name? It's the is.
0: weirdest thing, man. Because they they it's just do a up, free um,
1: account. Just let me have a free account. Why do you need to know who I am and how old?
2: Because like, of the f- uh, fine print that says blah blah blah. I'm gonna. I can do pretty
1: much what I want. I get that, data. but date of birth is one of the security questions you get asked by your bank when you're trying to make a change to your account. And now Microsoft has my date of birth. So if Microsoft has a data leak. They Somebody mis- knows they, that they information They hide behind the me?
0: misleading shield of security. That's what they hide it behind. But, dude, it goes further, and this is actually crazy. When Gunnar Gunner stepped out for a second, when he comes back, I definitely want to talk about it. Did you guys hear about, like, 23andMe? Like, they're big—they're selling no. everyone's genetic information oh, to yeah, companies. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. Well, that was—we we covered it on one podcast, I think, where, where they actually used it to solve a crime. Did they? Yeah, because what had happened was—I um, think we talked about it—the— What they did was they had the DNA for somebody, but they didn't actually know who it belonged to. They had the DNA from a crime scene. And what they did is they sent it into 23andMe. They got back all of his relatives. And then they started interviewing his relatives until they found him. And there's some serious privacy concerns with this.
0: I have some major concerns with that. Because not necessarily for, oh, God, I committed a crime years ago, and now they're going to catch me. And nothing like that. What if they fucking fuck up? Mm -hmm. What if they make a mistake and they're filing? What if they swap some stuff? I am from, like, my mother is adopted, dude. I don't know any, and she doesn't know any of her blood relatives. Mm -hmm. Like, they could easily swap something out. They could easily just make a mistake with me. All my numbers could be. They make
2: a mistake. how How do you fight that? They're science. This big organization, they're science, and you're just some jackass from a little town.
1: Yeah, no, it's scary, that. and it's also scary because you, you have to ask, like, what a, what what type of warrant do you need for this, right? If, if the courts say, no, you know what, we're going to allow you to reach out with a warrant to 23andMe and you're going to put in, in the request, hey, this is for a criminal investigation. This information um, may lead to the police contacting the families of this person. That's one thing. But for you to just say, oh yeah, hey, um, I'm John Doe. I just want to know who my relatives are. And now you're getting a whole bunch of information that was not public information.
3: Well, uh, It's kind of so crazy. I, 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 I also want to posit this one thing, is that you realize that 23andMe and Ancestry.com were both bought out by uh, Chinese state-funded. Oh, that's crazy. Companies as well, right? Because I that, did not know that. No, their their whole thing is that they use they bought them because they want that genetic data for their uh, fun mad science experiments.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Because
3: they're far, they're basically farm they're farm that uh you know and this this gets back you know you talk about data exchanges and I don't I don't want to get into. Unfortunately, this tangentially involves, like, stupid politics right now. But you know that um, Betsy Devas, who is the secretary of education, the secretary of education. Oh god, fucking name. What? Sorry. Oh uh, no, no. So, no. But her family, her family. One of her family fortunes is that they, they run a healthcare company. And one of the things that they talk about now is that uh, that Cambridge Analytica thing was is that there is a non-zero chance that this health company that they were running was sharing patient data with Cambridge Analytica because they were using it to build profiles of people who were not on Facebook because they could use the demo data and basically work back from that. That's where this whole, like, the talk. But I guess where this is going is that what what, what, what came out of this whole discussion is that it looks like a bunch of these health services companies, you know, HIPAA violations aside, are selling what do they call a not you know like randomized patient information which is bullshit because like Facebook and Cambridge Analytica basically their whole practice was that we can put this fucking stuff back together even if you strip the personal details out of it
2: process of elimination for a lot of things I mean, well
3: no but yeah they're, they're basically I don't need I you know like I can I, I by non by non-direct keys I can do relational links mm-hmm. on this data again but where, where it gets interesting is that, yeah, like with 23andMe and Ancestry.com, um, the their, the parent company that bought them is effectively trying to do farm pharma, uh, like pharmaceutical farming because what they're doing is that they're actually building profiles of people and their medical outcomes so they can start like, you know, besides crazy, you know, besides Infowars style, uh, you know, targeted biological weapons and shit like that it's more just like they can find people who have genes that are resistant to particular diseases and commercialize that because they're you know the once you give away your genetic data to 23rme or com, they do with it whatever they want
0: and that's kind of i'm in that boat and i don't really know if there's any way out of it you know what i mean i sent it in I mean, Several I, years ago, just because I was curious, I'll, right? I'll, I'll,
3: I, I can hook, I can hook you up with a, I can hook you up with a cyborg body, but yeah, really I mean, that's, about, well, that's, yeah that's
0: I do plan on installing my consciousness into the chassis. So you, so you think, did
3: that? How
2: how how were the results? Was um, was it knowledge worth it? Do you think? Not counting the security risk of...
0: Um, no, so as far as now, potential security risks in the future, because we're this is just in its infancy. I but don't know what the fuck not, they're going to do I'm not like considering
2: that. that. Do you think it's worth it? Because I was considering it because I don't know my father, so I was kind of curious if I'm like 100% Korean or not.
0: It's crazy.
3: We can just do a sequence and, and look that stuff up. I mean, like you don't actually have to send it out to a lab. I have no idea how you did that. What? You, you, come on, you guys don't have any freaking PCR kits? <sighs> cool.
1: wasn't, right. wasn't that deemed illegal? What? Wasn't it? Didn't it infringe on a patent if you looked at your own DNA sequence? I've, from what I understand, the companies that so, found certain traits in the DNA sequences actually prevent you from looking at those sequences, like um, like one that means that you're more like higher likely for breast cancer or something like that. That's probably a bad example. But there's like, like the cancer research facilities, there's, they state that, that in order for them to keep their funding, they need to be able to own the intellectual property of how to find out whether or not you're um, uh, you know predisposed to certain types of cancer so they say that you know they have a, they actually have they own the patent on the that uh, on that sequence and you're not actually allowed to look at it you're not actually allowed to find out that you have that cancer unless you um unless you pay them like pay them royalties so aren't, uh, there's some weird things uh, they, when it well, comes no, to I mean, dna uh, sequencing
3: well, i i'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- let, me, let me phrase it like this I have a toolkit that lets me look at look at the uh, the 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 sequ- the sequences in my uh, livestock to see if they're less or more susceptible to certain did you have to, do you have to pay to know that no pay for info? materials and stuff like that but yeah. it's just public
1: information yeah
3: it's like it, it, the tool the tools are the analysis yeah, is yeah. done on site is what you're saying yeah okay it's not it's not like a, it's not and again it's not like it, it, so I guess the thing is that the pet where you get weird in patents because this is like um this was the biggest thing with um, uh, three D printers for the longest time, mm-hmm. and actually they talk about that like VR and AR. The only reason that VR and AR are even like remotely starting to come out right now is that the fucking patents finally expired, because these guys, you know, a bunch of guys thought that they were gonna fucking make it rich, mm-hmm. doing it back in the eighties and just like sat on the tech until like the late. So can you tell us if Kin is a healthy sheep? <laughs> Uh, yes, I can tell, I can tell, I can, uh, think, uh, visual jokes on the radio. I can tell if, I can tell you if Ken is a healthy sheep from the north of Wales or, uh, somewhere in the Mediterranean. I don't think anybody's gonna get that joke.
0: So as far as, um, the, it was cool. I have, like, relatives, I, I knew that, you know, just from the way I look, what my genetic makeup was probably like. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much confirmed it. There was a couple of interesting things in, it, in there. So it was, it was cool. And there are a lot of people that are like, there are relatives, like first and second cousins that I do not know, that I know are not on my biological father's side either. Um, and so I, I kind of reached out to them and I'm kind of doing it slowly because it's still very weird to me. I don't really know these people, but they kind of put their DNA out there and I kind of put my DNA out there. I'm pretty sure that probably my mother's relatives some somehow some way.
2: See that part I'm curious about because uh, my biological mother was adopted from Korea, directly from Korea, and, and like I said, I don't know my father, so I was I was kind of um, curious. I was kind of cu- curious about that, but uh, you know, I did a little little research on Reddit and stuff, and you know, I, I saw a lot of you know security risk concepts, and and I guess also too, um, Asians are a little bit harder because. Because you invaded so many damn
0: parts of the world, Mongolians, man, they fucking really
2: yeah, especially Japanese. At one point, year uh, centuries ago, they they invaded pretty much everywhere's over there, and everything got mixed up a little bit. So,
0: and that's it's, it would be it would it's interesting, but because I don't know what the ramifications now of this um, shared data, it's it makes me nervous. Obviously, this is one thing that I do get concerned with, and that we won't be able to know to paint with broader strokes is the next generation the generation that's coming up now generation Y are they taking I don't know if they're really taking their privacy very seriously because they've been they've just all they know is the desensitized version like that it's okay to just share your information but the thing is is we need
1: to see we need to see the attack a little bit clearer Um, some people um, theorize although at this point it could almost be considered fact that our previous election was largely manipulated by um, using this private information against us.
0: And a caveat here that I just want to add, even if it was marginally affected, the fact that it was affected at right. all is troubling and, and disturbing.
1: And what's even crazier is that is that some of the theories, which this I don't believe has been concretely proved, but there's, there's a lot of evidence to suggest it, is that it actually was... Um, influenced by another nation other than ourselves, it's one thing if, if, if two presidential candidates are using that information against each other and saying, hey, I'm going to get a one-up on you because I know the type of people that are going to go to the voting booths and I'm going to, I'm going to target them with information they don't even know I have. It's another thing when, when a third-party nation steps in and they say, hey, I'm going to help out this candidate now it gets really strange it's like why would another nation be have a vested interest in in our president and of course we can dream of ideas where they would but what's i I think what's scarier is that they can and that they can do that without the public knowing like china making the superhuman you know ones that are immune to certain um ailments viruses they have you know they're, they're stronger that I'm not so scared about. No, absolutely not. I kind of want China he, to come up with he, techniques where all of a sudden they can cure diseases that that we haven't been able to figure out here he, in the states. But what happens when they sell he, it for themselves well, in the no, country?
2: And hopefully, no future,
1: hopefully they'll sell it to us. And, and they, no, then they no, that's invade. not going to
3: happen. Hopefully they'll sell it to us, right? I mean, you, you saw that they like got that they got that dude who did the CRISPR baby like sequestered in. Like the luxury. Why? Well, I just say luxury. We talked probably,
0: about this a couple podcasts ago. I know, but yeah. like he,
3: but he's, he's like, they got him, they they fucking snatched him. Like, cause. Well, yeah. Well, no, but it's not even because he did it. It's like they won't let. It's, he's full on mad scientist, so they're not, they want, they want, they want the tech, but they're not letting, they're not going to risk letting him leave. It's like the next Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'm we're not, not going to let anybody have access well, to it's, this. It's guy.
0: kind of, it's kind of like, the mad scientist does some terrible things, but he also does some amazing things. And you would prefer to just be able to filter out the bad things and hide them and hush them up, and just take the amazing things and raise them up. Like that, you can't. You, you know, you can't. You can't let. You can't let them bail and go
3: somewhere else to, to give give them that tech. Right. So, so to that point, I'm okay with that.
1: <coughs> what yeah. I'm not okay with is like, let's say, let's say they find out. Let's say um, another nation finds out that that there's this. You know, there's this um, maybe half of our population is susceptible to a certain strain of, of, a, of an everyday virus. And I, what I don't like is for them to be able to use that DNA against us in warfare. I think that's scary. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Them using it against us in marketing is definitely scary, but that's stuff that. I feel like it has less of a permanence, right? So like if they if they find a way to target an advertisement and all of a sudden the music in that advertisement just for some strange reason gets everybody to stop what they're doing and stare at the TV, that's scary, right? And there's been movies that have kind of painted this picture where there's a it's almost like the subliminal messaging right they might be able to find out that that they can that they can do subliminal messaging based on dna profile
0: well they could definitely i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility so an example is um one of like the old school kind of uh stereotypes is old school steel workers mm-hmm. a lot of them um they would hire like natives because the natives never got vertigo it seemed like the the People indigenous to this country,
3: well, there's, there's, there's had certain, no problem
0: wow. with heights, and the reason mm-hmm. was that was that there's like a, a, in their code, their DNA code, there is a gene where they have a have a difficult time with like perception of how high they are, mm-hmm. and so it never really bothered them to walk like the steel beams. It, it didn't bother them nearly right. as much as it's probably an
1: anti-evolutionary trait. They probably never received the evolutionary trait to be to be afraid of being high because if you think about it um most of our instincts most of our fears are are actually deeply rooted in something that that gave us survival over the person mm. standing next to us the fight, so, fight. right so by being scared of heights it prevents it, it actually lowers the chance of falling
0: down And i misspoke there i believe it, it, it was i believe it's how they perceive the horizon, the horizon.
3: Well, Correct. It, 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 I'm, I'm pulling it stuff up now and like yeah we sound massive massively and because the gist of it was is that i think it's a mechanism that lets you navigate larger open spaces without getting disoriented oh right? so okay. yeah, but, but because because of that you don't because like you know it gets into this idea you know like People perceive, as a person who's playing with this in the computer sphere, mm-hmm. people perceive spaces in, in, in very interesting ways, and it's like how you just extract information from a scene. Mm-hmm. But it's, how do you, you know, like part part of how you kind of like orient yourself vertically, never mind your inner ear, is like you're actually looking for fucking noise in the background scene. But if it's just the fucking abyss out in front of you, like you have to have this separate, you, you know, like you have to have this separate Thing to just kind of keep you from wandering off. I mean, like, you've you done the tri- Have you driven through the Midwest?
0: No, I've never driven through the Midwest. I've driven through like the desert. So as far as open spaces and things yeah, just, like that, definitely Just that line, that line,
3: that that line in the abyss, and you can get like like road hypnosis, yeah, effectively, absolutely. And it's like that, that, that's being immune to that. Also, kind of fucks up with how you just perceive heights because it's 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 a mech it's a mechanism of your everything's moving at the same plane, and your brain just kind of goes into this fucking hypnagogic trance
0: over time. Because that's the thing that's it's in their DNA, though. Yeah, well, I find funny, DNA. but you you, you I always pick find out over Entertaining
2: um, in our DNA these old habits per se from Atavistic when we cavemen, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I I I read articles of like just. Just in, in regards to like dating and stuff like that, how some techniques use those applied things from back then. In yeah, a the sense. club
1: still works great. So yeah, just just bop them over the head. Still works great. But it. It's, but we were never cavemen. God planted us here.
0: That's right. With the dinosaurs too. Of course, I I, also, I I also want
2: how much dinosaurs is a
0: uh,
3: conspiracy of the Illuminati. That's right
0: never existed but
3: you know i i also think that some of that is uh you know maybe as we try and find clinic as i'm trying to pull up clinical definitions but I, i think some of that is also just kind of hyperbole and inner myth like it's one of these things where it's like what is uh the the like native american you know certain native american tribes don't don't perceive heights and stuff like that you know, like how much of that is overblown well, because but, it's, but it's it's because it's mythology and really it's just like we need a job true, true. but gunner regardless
1: true. of whether it's overblown it's an excellent example okay um, I and i think we we're just trying to use examples yep. of how nope. you know you could potentially use gene profiling hmm? to select desirable traits Get rid of undesirable uh, traits. I mean, like I, I
3: don't actually know if you're familiar with that. Whole th- there there used to be a thing uh, at least in Vietnam where supposedly when they were building uh, groups to go out on patrol, they wanted they actually wanted people who were colorblind because the inability to perceive colors actually increases your ability to perceive edge contrast. Yeah. So you can see, you, you could see things that were anomalous in a scene mm-hmm. from like somebody, you know, like this. That's not a real tree, or that's not you know, like you, you could pick, you could pick like tripwires and stuff out. Imagine with her
1: and wearing like wearing a shirt and it's split down the middle and it's two completely different colors, but they can't tell.
3: I dress like that normally, anyways. <laughs> I, I dress like that normally, anyways. You know, what? What do you want, man? Well, it's
0: I mean that's interesting because essentially it's you're feeding. It's. <clears throat> You it also do into a very thing. scary thing because you're feeding a computer, uh, your brain, computer. information. But in that instance, because you're monochromatically colorblind, you've eliminated essentially data that would just mm-hmm. impair it, that you would kind of be looking in other places maybe. And it's just, you're kind of mainstreaming the directive of the... Yeah, I of mean, the,
1: somebody who's deaf or hard of hearing, right? They're going to have a heightened heightened senses in other areas. And somebody who's blind is going to have heightened senses in other areas. Have you seen the guy that can ride a bicycle by making click sounds with his mouth? What? Yeah. Yeah. He's blind and... It's crazy. He's He uses echolocation like a bat and he was he was standing there with the person interviewing him and he just walks up and he starts making these click sounds with his mouth in in different directions and he says there's a building there he says the roof is overhanging the wall like he actually was describing the shape of the structure by echolocation and it's because you know just like you trust a sonogram when, you're, you, when, you're, you know, when you're, you're expecting a baby and you expect the sonogram to tell you actual information about what's underneath the skin, this guy's able to use uh, echolocation and he's able to get back the shape of things. And the funny thing is, is in order for him to ride his bike, he has to constantly, like Radar, just like Radar, he has to constantly be clicking in all of the different directions.
2: No, yeah, that's a really? great thing and a horrible thing at the same time. It's great that he can do that and, and it helps him. But it's a horrible thing that our minds, our brains are capable of such things, but we don't. We don't tap into it. You, In a sense, well, for a lot of things, you need to have so much trauma to have to be able plasticity. to do certain things.
1: Yeah, or you need to live without it for a while, right? Well, in I a mean, sense,
2: I mean, him being blind it, is a sense of trauma. I mean, Ken, we
1: could start the experiment tonight and we could glue your eyes shut. But um,
2: Is that an Asian joke?
1: <laughs> I just realized how that could be perceived as an Asian no, joke. No, if
0: you said, we'll just get some, some floss, yes, then no, that would be an, an Asian joke. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> now, would that be one that was well-timed? So, therefore, the fact that it was a lowbrow joke is okay?
0: I'm just bigger than Kennedy. and he can't do shit about it. That's why it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's taller than you, though. That's true.
2: That, that was one of my keys, too, in growing up. I always, uh, was friends with the bigger kids.
1: <laughs> now, did you, see, um, did you see the TED Talk where the guy proved that you can hear with your skin? I did not see that one. Oh, um, yes.
0: I, you, I, I, I vaguely remember it. it was uh, like a month or so, a month or two ago. But I,
1: he, what he said was, he said that, that all of our sensory input, right, like, like your ear, for example, the inside of your ear is actually just a concentration of nerve endings.
3: Well, you're, they're all derived from tactile. Like every, right. Every, every, every single and year. everything
1: comes in analog, and our brain just just figures it out after a while. So what he did was he he got somebody who was deaf and he put a full body suit on them and he proved that if you had the same amount of receptors that you would have inside your ear, it, it's tough to do it on the, on the skin because you have to your your skin doesn't have as concentrated of nerve endings as your ear does. So they put this jacket on and the jacket like kind of I'll I'll use the word tickled, but it, it gave him some sensory input on a different part of his chest, his sides, and his back, depending on the frequencies of the sounds and where the sounds were coming from and after wearing that that vest for one week they the the person wearing the vest a deaf person who cannot hear could make out uh the a b c and certain words simply by hearing and it was just they just transferred the information that normally would have gone into the eardrum um, onto the, the skin of the body and with a large enough surface they were able to actually hear. So to your point, Ken, it is kind of sad that we need to, like we almost need to completely cut off one of these senses well, in order to find out uh, what we can use. The other thing that's interesting is most of these analog um, uh, ways that we learn, the because we're so genetically similar to each other, if I were to get the the if i were to get the information coming into your eardrum i would be able to mostly make out exactly what it means without having to relearn what hearing is and that's interesting as well and he proved that it was the um i don't think it was the same talk i think it was a separate one and what he did is he amplified he found some nerves on the top of the arm that are very close to the skin he puts them through an amplifier and then he sends them back in to another arm and when I say, I mean through the surface of the skin, he just sends the electrical impulses back in and tries to hit those same nerves with another body. And when one person curled their arm, the other person uncontrollably did the same thing because the electric the uh, the electric impulses were making it to the muscles in their arm responsible for moving the hand. And they were able to force somebody else to move their hand completely involuntarily. Now, this gets interesting to me. In a couple of ways. Number one, it means that we could actually operate a robotic arm. If your arm were severed, you'd be able to operate a lot of that robotic arm just by sampling enough people. Like this is what it looks like when you curl a finger, and this is what it looks like when you curl the entire hand. We should be able to have better analog-controlled robotics based on our actual muscle movements, and I think we have some of that. Gunnar actually is totally into robots, so he would know. Um, he would know that type of stuff. Now I want. Now I want to watch that TED talk. But the other thing that's crazy is, what would happen if we were able to tap into these nerve endings? What would happen if, like, let's say, let's say you're an NFL star, right? And we found into that, you can jump the highest. When you, you know, down to like 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 milliseconds, you know, first you extrude your calf, then you ex- extrude your your thigh. Or something like that, right? And your arm raises in just the right uh, timing, um, and your vertical leap ends up being an inch or two inches higher than what you've ever jumped in your life because you found you found the most efficient way. Does that mean that in the middle of a football game, and you're you know you're a wide receiver or something, you can hit a button and you can jump an inch higher than the guy next to you? Because you just executed all of your muscles in the most efficient way possible. And this sounds crazy, but you could even take it a step further. You don't actually need to know how to play football. You could just be really physically active and you could get, get, get the guy that won the 100 meter dash in the Olympics and say, you know what, we can make you a football player. You just don't think. Just be inside your body and let one of these pro football players control you. We, you, we will win the game with your
0: body without your mind it sounds cool but kind of scary at the same time I guess like what if it was just meat what if it was invo- yeah what if it was just involuntary right like what if it was kind of like
2: oh Ken good I'm job uh, you the AI is a way to
1: do everything now
0: it'll all start with porno it, well yeah you know well that, I think that the major setback or the drawback is of someone taking completely over is like the feedback. Right, like that's, and it's probably a shortcoming robotics. The like voice why, would probably be off. What's that? The voices would probably be off. I'm <laughs> <laughs> are ah, doing? Yeah, it's like you, it's not gonna feel like, right. Like well, yes, you I can you, cre-
3: you make you you make that crack, but uh, I, I, Google's open mind voice is pretty goddamn natural. And between that and uh, your sub-vocal speech, I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking you're gonna be unpleasantly surprised.
1: There will be a porno. It will be Ron Jeremy but it will be starring Wade as Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and it will be everything that you would expect out of Ron Jeremy, but it will be Wade's amazing body.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wade's amazing body. The amazing <laughs> term there. The ghost dick. It's, I think like that's if they could somehow a ghost dick. find a way to get the feedback just as close to what you feel now, like when you feel pain, when you feel um Any type of really, what is it, feedback? Yeah. Like any type of of sensory thing, that's like the next step. Like that's in the future. That's kind of, that's the exciting process. Because then you are talking about legit prosthetics that it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it may be metal, but it feels very much like my skin. Like And it it doesn't even have to be metal, right? Like I'm sure Gunnar probably knows about some... Crazy ass, like kid. growing arms in fucking labs, and, and, or, or something like or that. Or, how
1: about like, remember when those kids got stuck in the mine and they needed divers yes. to get them out? What if, you know, what if those kids could just tap a button and let lo- lo- an actual diver take over their body? Now, there's going to be things that they can't do, like they can't, they may not be able to um, hold You're- their breath as long as a diver, but. You know, like could they take them over, and now all of a sudden, you know, there'd be a proxy for somebody who I mean, could do the work? You're worried about privacy concerns, and this
2: is your idea. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's the
0: terrifying thing, yeah. right? And that's kind of what I wanted to round back to was. I mean, you and can you have a you you have a, a, a child this a similar age to Trace's child?
3: Tiny child. Are you worried
0: about? how they view privacy. Like, I view privacy now, and I think in the future, it's going to be like a currency almost.
2: I don't think there is a privacy. You, It's a currency to, now. To be part of life right now, and instead of going out and living in the woods, you give up your privacy. Just look at your phone. What, what options do you have? You have either a phone with Android on it, which is Google, or you have an iPhone, which is Apple. They collect data. Right there, you've already started. They know... Although you to, be, are.
1: to be fair, Apple Apple is proud, and they actually they Give actually f- broadcast this to all of their users that care. Apple is the one company who actually does respect the privacy of its users. They do not they do not um, collect and sell the data like Google, like Facebook. Apple is very proud of that. And that's why you pay so much more for their stuff because they are not making profit off of your data. But keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt.
2: Um, I didn't know that. So that's definitely good to know. But uh, the question is, what do they do with the data? Mm -hmm. And do they hold those restraints to the apps in the store? Because any of those uh, apps, the phone, they know where you are, kind of what you do. They know what stores you're going to. That's the scary
1: part. Yeah, I don't know why every, every... stupid game I download wants access to my contacts. I mean, I do understand why it's so that I can share the game with somebody else when I tap the share button, but why does it need that by default? And what can they do with that information as soon as I click yes? Does it know every person that I call? I mean, it it could actually figure out who I call the most because my recent calls, if it wants access to my phone and my contacts, it knows who I call the most, it knows who I text the most. Why would I grant some game where I'm just rolling a ball and trying to avoid a couple of blocks all of that information? But then you have to stop and ask yourselves, how much did it cost to develop this app? How much does it cost to maintain this app? And how the fuck are they making money? Is that little tiny banner at the bottom trying to get you to buy something on Amazon? Is that funding enough? Or are they actually misusing the information that they have on the phone by saying, hey, you know what? I want access to this. And then exploiting that,
0: like that's one of the things that is kind of scary. It's it's like when you say that, Ken. It's a great point. You know, you have the two options. Like, and I'm I prefer Android, right? Because I feel it's a little freer. I'm not a big. I've never been a huge Apple fan. Um, But that being said, if they there's a list there's somewhere there's a profile of me that has all the apps I've downloaded, all the games that I play. There may be sub-profiles in there of how I play these games.
2: Have you gone into your own Google account? What's it's, that? Go into your Google account. Um, if it's turned on, you can see, like, uh, you can. I have a map that shows me, like, I went from here to work, back here. Yeah, back no, here, I've back.
0: seen that, yes. They know where I go. They know mm-hmm. where I've been. Um, and Which, it's just like they're, it's, I know right now, I don't know right now. I assume right now it's kind of in its infancy and it's kind of just like, we're just collecting this data. We're not making an analysis, but the dangerous part comes in mm-hmm. with the analysis and it's yeah. like, well, there are what it do you marketing. do with it? Yes. Yeah, um,
1: so that's, what's interesting about Google. So what Google hasn't done, they haven't gone crazy, creepy route yet. They might eventually, but they haven't yet. Like, like Facebook has Facebook is crazy, creepy. And by crazy, creepy, I mean like Facebook is constantly putting stuff in your face that you just talked about. Now, I believe Facebook has ways of finding out that you've talked about it. I don't believe that they're listening and they say that they don't listen and I believe that to be true because there would be a huge, huge problem if all of these apps were listening to us blindly and indexing the words that we say. However, what it does do is it looks at where you're connecting from. So if I do a search on Amazon for, um, you know, for a new toaster and I do it from your house, Wade, now your IP address of your house is associated with this search. Now, it knows it's not you that searched for it, but around Christmas time, it might show you that because I might have told you that I was looking for one and it might be something that you want to get me for a gift. And it's completely relevant, but it's extremely creepy. Google doesn't seem to do this yet. And they're either selling their, their data to somebody who is or they're just doing it in a way that's less creepy. Like they figured out that it was too creepy. My Google, I actually turned off my personalized advertising in my Gmail. Gmail. I don't know who still signs in using the um, the web interface, but I still sign in through the browser and I, I use do. the web interface. I love the web interface. It's got the chat built in, which they're retiring, and that's a different that's a completely different topic because I don't know where that's going. But um, I go in there, and it used to be the personalized results in the email used to almost invade on my privacy, right? So I would have a conversation with my brother, and now it's cherry picking terms out of there. And what was really nice is I said, you know, it, it had an option. It's like, it's like, is this too personal? You can turn off personalized results. And I did. And now all of my advertising is very generic from, you know, my profile type. It's not specific to what I was just doing. So Gmail allowed me to turn that off. But what I don't see is, is I don't, you know, if I do a Google search, I don't see it throwing that toaster at me. And Google knows just as well as everybody else, because I, I actually Googled it. I didn't go to Amazon.com and search. I actually Googled the toaster. Amazon was one of the top five websites that sell toasters, Walmart, Amazon, whoever else is showing up in the top thumbnails, and I tap on it, and I take a look at it. Google's not throwing that back into my face. So that's what's it's been interesting about them. But, but they're they, still
2: collecting that data.
1: They are collecting it to or a point where they've actually, they've actually gotten in trouble for it. So with the Google Streetcar where they go and they try you know, to take the photos of the street view of all, the, all of the different buildings. Something that Google did intentionally, and, and it's the, the uh, I don't remember if it was the, I think the FCC? I'm not sure exactly which I think organization right. yeah, sued I think them.
0: That, yeah.
1: Google decided that anybody that had an open Wi-Fi where they I have no it. password, they're just going to collect all of the data that they can while they're driving by their houses. The problem the is, is that when, with unencrypted Wi-Fi, you can have passwords. I mean, back then, when, this, when Google Street View started, this was before the website switched to secure web pages. So you're talking about clear text logins to websites, um, a lot of behavior that, isn't, that should not be public knowledge, and they were really taking advantage of it. And Google's argument was, if I was sitting next to this apartment with my laptop, I could have gotten the same information. And, and the government came back and they're like, yeah, but you did it on a scale where you should have exercised the responsibility and ignored that that data. You should not have looked into that data. What's interesting though is, you know, let's say you're a security firm, right? And you're looking for somebody to bid on a security contract. Google might actually be the company that knows the most about how many uh, router firmwares are unpatched because they just happened to sniff on some of that traffic. They might actually know more about about like potential security threats to, to us individually or to our nation because they were the ones that happened to sniff that traffic when nobody else was willing to. So it's a double edged sword. And what it really comes down to, it's a very, very simple concept and it's trust. Do you trust the company with that information? Because if you do, then maybe they're, maybe they're allowed to have some privileged data. I can tell you right now, I do not trust Facebook no they have from the very beginning of their company i have never trusted them google on the other hand i use predominantly google services they're top notch they're easy to use they're always reliable i mean the if if i think the internet's down in my house i go to google.com to see if it's up right extremely reliable they don't seem overbearing from a privacy perspective and i don't have any evidence to suggest that they have sold my data to anyone they do have a platform called google analytics and Google Analytics is what most websites put in their, it's like, it's like a tracking cookie that they put inside their website so that they know a little bit more about the audience. So you can get demographics, you can get the, the, what they would guess to be the age. And really what that's for is, is it's so that you know who is arriving to your site and that therefore you know who you can target to get to your site. Not too different than mailing blindly mailing out coupons to everybody and seeing which ones make it back into your store, sure. right? It's just standard promotion, and because of that, I kind of trust them with my data. But all it takes is for like a Cambridge Analytica thing to happen with Google, yeah, and just, now all of a sudden we're all questioning how much data we've been giving to them. I mean, for all it really
0: it's just does cross take, compiling. That is the scary part. Like all it does take is a, cha- a massive change in management. All it takes is for the money to change. And when the money changes, the directive might change, the mission might change. And now the guy that's running the company and now the people that are making the big decisions are kind of scumbags. You yeah, know what I mean? It? And that's the scary part because you can't, it's like Pandora's box. There's no clothes in the box, can't put it back in. Yeah, it's not like you're going to take all your information, strip it. It's there now.
2: Wasn't there an issue recently with Google um, because, you know, they always tried to say, don't be evil, but I think they started doing something with China or considering doing something with china
1: yeah gunner we talked we, we brushed on this a little bit right mm-hmm. well actually there was something was even before that um, google was being used without their employees knowledge they were being used to farm intelligence data for for the u.s government as well do you remember that gunner
3: Oh, what the fuck was this? Project Gorgon or something like that? Y- yeah, they they were Maven Project Maven or something like. Anyways, uh, what it was is that the the machine the the machine learning guys got super pissed and like threatened to walk out on mass because they were basically building a person of interest. Style perpetual surveillance system for uh, mm-hmm. the defense department so that they could pick up like uh, high high value targets. And Google pulled out of that writing.
1: contract because of the perception that that they were given. But most of their employees didn't know what they were actually the data that they were farming. That they didn't know that they were trying to make um, a weapon. However, the China thing is more recent, and um, I don't know the details of it, Ken. But yeah, what happened was. Google was not allowed to offer their services in China unless they exposed some of the privacy of the, uh, of the you know the the people who live in China that are connecting to the internet through China. They had to allow them to spy on their traffic. Now the interesting part about this is we allow to
2: companies spy? to
0: spy all the time. What's that?
2: How much work can they spy? I mean, so they're yeah, working on a project pre- with the uh, cameras.
0: Relatively, as far as nations and go, China is a relatively heavily surveilled state. No. But so, I guess
2: now they're doing some kind of like almost like a point system. Yeah, your social
3: credit score. Oh,
0: the social credit. Yeah, yeah, I did start hearing about this. That's crazy. This um. is kind of scary. This actually kind of does scare the shit out of me specifically if that if we were to adopt that in this country.
1: There was an episode about there's a Black Mirror
0: episode yeah. about that. Wasn't uh it wasn't White Christmas. Oh, no, no, it wasn't White Christmas. It was the other one. I forget the name of the other one.
1: Yeah, it's the one with the smiling girl on the front. Yeah, we can block the people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that was White Christmas.
0: Oh, okay. That
1: was White Christmas. Yeah, that was the one oh, that I recommend right. yeah, to yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen, it's a long episode too. Mushroom, I think it's an hour Mushroom. and a half. If anybody hasn't hasn't watched Black Mirror, find the white find the White Christmas episode. I think it's season three. There's only a couple episodes in that season too. Black Mirror has had a had a reputation for having short seasons, um, but that's a good one to start with. So, I don't know the details on um, on what it was. It was a month ago when the article hit, and so the big search engine in China is actually not Google. The big search engine in China that also, just like Google, owns the um, the video streaming there is called uh, Baidu, right? And it's like their their logo is like a like a doggy paw. And it almost, I mean, it looks a lot like Google when you go to Baidu. And you can get the Baidu from the States, but um, the, the, the results that you get aren't, aren't great. Most of the Google services were blocked in China, and they were blocked for different reasons. Um, I believe one of them being the data that Google was gathering, you were not, you're simply not allowed to do. And I own a company. I try to get my website listed in China. Simply by having that Google Analytics script that I was talking about, that that cookie crumb, simply by having that on the site blocks my website. You aren't allowed to know more than China about who's visiting your site, right? So part of it it is that um, you have to allow them to spy, but it's also that they don't want you to know, right? China simply doesn't want you to be able to gather that information, Um, but... They definitely worked out something with them a month ago, and it was very shocking, and people were very upset about it. I just don't know the details on it.
2: I can see the China situation being a consideration when something goes wrong bad enough that somebody's going to bring it up. Everybody's going to be like, oh, no, that's insane, that's crazy. But I can see it possibly slowly growing.
3: Well, the the, the thing that that unfortunately is going to... keep that in check is uh, China's economy collapsing from 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 all the bullshit that they've pulled to kind of blow up. I know? keep
0: hearing about this perpetual like, it seems like we're in this perpetual state of China's economy is going to collapse. Well, you know,
3: part of it's wishful thinking, but part <laughs> of it too is that uh, so you have to you say it again, you have to um, so you remember Tiananmen Square, right? Absolutely. You remember the student protests? Yes. So um, the Chinese government kind of made this unofficial deal with people, which is that um, there, there, I mean, like there was a very real chance of them kind of getting but tossed over. And the way that they got around that was that they started letting people make money on mass, and the issue with that is um china does not have enough resources to allow a it does not have enough resources or access to enough resources to let everyone get to american slash western fat and happy existence levels sure and uh Part of why they're going full, you know, even more authoritarian with this social critic score and stuff like that is that they have to keep, you know, they have to keep escalating, because they're they're actively fighting against the collapse of this system, and it's it's the it's the it's the Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry building the bridge across two buildings by just nailing a two you know nailing a board across and then, like it starts pulling out at the end the farther and farther out you go and there's no like failure mode planned for when when that when that all comes tumbling down i guess it's it, like is is there ever a failure plan though well i mean like you but you have local communities that can like again like previously you know and it gets the so i don't want disaster porn I want you know, like I don't, I don't want kind of the Blade Runner, polluted Earth, health thing. But. I don't believe it either.
0: What? <laughs> I think maybe you do. No A part of you does.
3: No, I'm, 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 I'm going for option C. I always go for
1: option C. Okay, so I, I had to look this up so that we could offer some information on the China thing. It was yeah. called Project Dragonfly. Okay. And it actually ended in December, so Google did pull out of this project, and it's it must have been for the same reasons that they pulled out of the. Um, the the government contract. But this is what's interesting. They polled Chinese users, right? Now 70% of all Chinese search engine traffic comes from uh, Baidu or however you pronounce it. They polled Chinese users on if they wanted Google as an alternative, 70% of them said yes. So Google is actually highly demanded in China. In Hong Kong, they still get to use it. It's mainland China that is not allowed to use it. And what it comes down to is censorship. So, in order, rel- in order to be in order to offer the service in China, they must allow the Chinese government to censor the search results.
0: Which means they'd have to allow China, the Chinese government essentially to have at least an ambassador within inside the company that would have access to all this all, all right. their tech. Yeah, I, which uh, there's no means, shock that Google would back which, out.
1: Which means it's easier to just shut them off because with Baidu, you know when you're using that search engine that Google has all the infor- or that Baidu has all the information that the Chinese government wants about you. Um, Now, one of the examples that they used, 2010 was the last time that Google offered their services in mainland China, and in 2010, um, they realized that uh, anybody who was like an activist against the Chinese government, their, their Gmail accounts were actually compromised and being read by the Chinese government, so the Chinese government was actually intercepting emails changing the content of those emails and spying on those emails. So it's not just the web traffic, right? Like when I was talking about like like them spying, it's them actually gaining control and controlling those accounts. And not only do they not want to be perceived that way, right? Because Google is going to be completely open, or at least historically they've been open about the information that they share. Wade's taking his headphones off because there's kids shouting in the hallway. Sorry. <laughs> Somehow be. the kids don't really seem to make it on the microphone. Good. Okay. Like it's like just they're just sure. far enough away that they're drowned out with like the, you know, the background noise. Uh, but yeah, so, so that gives a better idea about, about why they hit the headlines. What I didn't know was in December they actually pulled out that they canceled the project. But it makes sense because if, if Google has said that they won't sign into your Gmail account, they won't change the content of your emails, but all of a sudden you're in China and they do,
0: yeah, it's a really bad look for for Google to. No one wants to side with like the the Chinese state. You know and I you don't mean? get
1: like, the Hong Kong thing. Maybe Gunner can help. Well, explain it's because it.
0: Hong Kong was not a Chinese. We didn't really belong to China until. Well, yeah. Well, it was a, occupied by England for such a long time. It's
1: a world financial district too. I mean, is that like Puerto Rico? Like, I don't understand the relationship because. You'd think that if it were under Chinese rule, they would be subject to everything that China. Hong Kong,
3: to. Hong Kong was well. I mean, like it was a protectorate of the the, the United Kingdom for the longest time. But um,
0: this is gonna. You can't like you can't go. You can't go, like, full Western like Hong Kong did and then just go back. Like, there's just no going it's back, not, it's just not, so it's much not, wealth not, was generated not, Well, there. yeah, not like for, the for the lack of trying, though. Too,
2: with, with all the other with, you know, countries from everywhere is involved in it, so you can't just change everything to... Well, but that's not stopping
1: the Chinese from doing Because I was always told <laughs> to buy <laughs> electronics from Hong Kong because uh, they wouldn't well, they, have oh, they, the spyware installed. The people who complain,
3: right. st- the people who complain just kind of are not around to complain that much anymore, Ken. <laughs> I mean, like, but you know, there's politicians that have disappeared. The <laughs> I think Hong Kong for China
0: pieces. is a double-edged sword because it, there are double standards there, but it does also uh, give that luxurious Western, Western appeal the dream, essentially, that they can sell to the people that, that are never going to get it. You imagine,
1: know I mean? imagine moving your house and your family. I mean, not physically moving the house, but can you imagine picking up and moving just so you
3: can use Google? Well, do you? Do you I guess the thing is, you, the the closest analog is that Hong Kong is the city equivalent of all of the bullshit that Amazon used to let you get away with before before they started charging state taxes. That was that was actually the biggest thing. Was Hong Kong was effectively kind of this free for all modern western city but you, like it just there there wasn't you could do pretty much whatever you wanted not like from a criminal perspective but i mean you know just like from like, a
0: free enterprise yes. perspective yeah
3: and you weren't paying taxes you weren't cuz actually that's one of the biggest things was that people would come over from the mainland to buy stuff in hong kong on mass and the Chinese government is now cracking down, like charging, you know, important vice taxes on stuff like that, and it's 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 one of these things where it's like fundamentally the character of the city is changing because the character of the city was kind of influenced by this idea of that like, you know, you do, a dollar and a dream. If you if you if you're a hustler, if you're a hustler and you want to plug it, you can make it, and. Part of the, you know, part of that that character, the character of the city itself was based on, the, you know, it's, it's like it's like Las Vegas without gambling, and I mean, like you had was it Kowloon, Kowloon Walled City, it's it's like a ma- it's it's a, so, um, it's kind of like this quintessential archetype of for uh, cyberpunk, but there was a British, there was a, there was a fort on Hong Kong on the Hong Kong Island that um, had like a unique political status. and what they, what they effectively did is built a mini city inside of Hong Kong itself. So it's like, it's, it's like just built out of garbage and scraps and everything like this. and it, it was just this this human hive and it's cool and dirty and awful. and they knocked down because of health concerns. and I think it's a park now. Kowloon Wall city yes okay and it just it's just
0: it was you it, like imagine It's like a mega city from like the uh yeah it's a judge
3: dread was actually derived from that was a horrible movie Well, no no <laughs> actually, but the, the, I thought the new one the dread one was really I, good this is a new one oh, dude, then you you missed out but yeah. yes the the that the the, 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 the what, what is it the blocks or whatever yeah, the, blocks the blocks are blocks. derived from Calhoun Walt the, the the what Calhoun Walt City was.
0: And I'll show Trace and Ken. Obviously pictures on there. But oh maybe we could find one for uh for the podcast. We can make it that's, a cover for That's photo. it. Oh my gosh. You guys yeah. do a link that. link what down? the hell is that? It's it just looks one, like
1: that looks like somebody got a bunch of a bunch of old run down buildings and put them through a trash compactor and made a city out of it.
0: Yeah. Like it's just one gigantic block like there are no backyards there's essentially nothing separating the, the 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 multi-level buildings living i mean that's And what's that called? Kowloon Wall City? Yeah. Man, that's a cool-looking city.
3: Well, and, and again they, they knocked it down because of health concerns and everything but it, it, again, it, yes. So, uh it, that's a 6.4 picture dystopia. 6.4 yes. acres. That city. Well, dystopia. Point. So yeah, it, it, it was it was it was it had a footprint of six point four acres and fifty thousand residents. Wow, that's crazy. That's
1: cool. Um, I don't want to switch topics, but I want to switch topics because you guys had some video game news that we yeah. wanted to cover, and I know we got like ten minutes left. Yeah, here. so we
0: got we'll do a little video game update. So big news: uh, Activision and Bungie are splitting up, which for Activision is about three hundred and seventy million dollars probably lost. And for But for people that are fans of Bungie, is a massively big deal, and people are very happy. So Activision's very sad, probably, although they're saying they're putting on a strong face and not being sad. And Bungie is like kind of under the table, celebrating. There are certain people kind of spouting. Er, no,
3: er, I, mean like, did, I don't know if you heard. The, the,
0: literally, they were fucking doing the, the whoop, yeah.
3: whoop yeah. cracking bottles so, open. When so for somebody like
1: about. me that just doesn't know the difference between Activision and Bungie...
2: Bun- Bungie started out, and correct me if I'm wrong. They started out independent. They created a couple games, but the big first game was Halo, okay. which, they brought, which they brought to the Xbox. They I were independent. That was owned by
1: Microsoft.
2: Then, then they were bought out by Microsoft, I believe. Then they left Microsoft.
1: I'm not sure exactly how that worked, but, but Microsoft kept the or
0: they the Halo own. the Halo team. So right? they. Um, I think Bungie was contracted by Microsoft to create Halo. Maybe they well, oh, okay. That's why they own the licensing to it.
2: Maybe they bought the Halo license because I so thought they, weird, well, like, they. bought the IP. It's a weird, like right, Disney okay. Pixar problem. So Microsoft bought the Halo IP from Bungie, well, but then what? Bungie eventually went independent, and then the deal with Activision. They're still, they're still independent in their own entity, but Activision was the publisher of Destiny. So is that no, how it worked?
0: Bungie purchased uh activision i believe activision yeah i think activision maybe owned all like owned the ip and owned um destiny so activision came came in because bungie was like we want to split we're going to get away from halo we want to create our own game we have a, a bigger vision but we don't have the funny to do it because to make a triple a title it's very very expensive unfortunately um, and indie game, indie devs get fucking rolled unfortunately in the industry most of the time. So Activision came in cuz Activision's, you know, essentially the, the fucking empire from Star Wars and said they have <laughs> all this money in the world though <laughs> and they're like we'll fund it. Like we will fund it. We want, we'll you know, we want it. the we want you to they signed a 100 million dollar deal over 10 years I believe Yet. it was for I want to say 5 th- 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 between 4 and 5 um Titles all under the Destiny. So Destiny 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. But they
2: originally sold the idea of Destiny as being this one game that will last for years. And for not 10 so years, much, essentially. A 10 not year so lifespan. sequels, minimum. but it'd be one. They sold it originally as like one consistent game that will just keep improving. you sure. buy parts for it, but then they came out with a sequel.
0: So they didn't necessarily, uh, in the contract, word it as sequels. Bungie had said. Um, like releases, essentially, like we'll have new we'll have m- new content, significant content, and they had it um, spaced out over the course of ten years. Well, Destiny came out, and it was pretty apparent for most fans of Bungie, because you have to understand too, which more backstory to this, like Bungie fans are are very very hardcore. Like they are hardcore Bungie fans. Like, Kin is probably, I would say, right right in there. Like, he he's a massive definitely. Halo fan. You know, he fell in love with the franchise. He loves the game. Bungie could essentially do no wrong. And they, they really did pay pay homage and they paid service to their fans. Like, they, they treated their fans well with really, really well-made games, great mechanics, and, and amazing stories, which is kind of rare these days. Destiny drops five, six years ago, I think. Um... There are some major questions. It it functions very much like a destiny like a destiny game. The mechanics are pretty good, but the story is convoluted, incomplete, huge, just dropping the ball, gaps, and and weird in the sense that what the fuck is even going on? This isn't a bungee game essentially. Like this is like a chopped up bungee game. Mm-hmm.
2: Bungee, if you like Halo or not. Um, they were good they were good storytellers. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of details. Um that you know, they went back and forth between the books and the games. It just that was very complex. So something like Destiny was like what 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 they stopped trying. It was you know.
1: Now this what was this the original Destiny or this was one of the sequels? This is the original Destiny. The original Destiny, it was already perceived that what the hell has Activision done?
0: And and frankly, kind we of, knew yeah. this was coming. And I'm not a massive Bungie fan, but I, you know, I, I do, I did enjoy the Halo games, not quite nearly as much as, as maybe Kin does, or did. But like their head writer left mm-hmm. before right. before it dropped, right, so, right, right. And that guy's been with the company forever. So
2: was that Frank O'Connor, or was that different? I don't remember. I, I, I just,
3: I just know that they, they, between Activision and some of the financial guys at Bungie, they pushed out a bunch of the fucking like old school talent. Well, it's to stay with
2: Microsoft too. stayed know, with the Halo franchise. This reminds
1: me of a fiction television show that I watched called uh, Halt and Catch Fire. It's an AMC show. It's a great show. <clears throat> and at one point of the show, the these people that are just barely barely keeping the company afloat and they're just grinding away at programming and designing and failed idea after failed idea after failed idea. At some point, like an IBM walks in, and the IBM team that they ship to the company is about the size of their entire company, right? And it reminds me, uh, when you talk about this, this uh, Bungie versus Activision, it reminds me of the scene where IBM was so large that they were able to match the amount of employees in this company... And their suits that they were wearing was worth more than the entire company that they were coming in to talk to. Where the detail detail that's being spent on the product has somehow washed away and been diluted over the years. And it's now transformed into something else. And that something else is the executives that care about the timelines and they care about the money. And they don't actually stop and look and care for the product. And it reminds me so much of that scene because when you say like they all threw a party when they when they finally divorced from Activision, it kind of makes sense because they watched the very life of the product vanish out from underneath it. I mean, this, this Destiny product that you're talking about, mm-hmm. this was
0: envisioned before the purchase, right? It's not well, like... Way before. I think they probably thought at one point maybe maybe this is what we could have done with Halo like we I could think have made so, this multi multi like this we could have taken this giant universe that we built well, and I mean, people can live throughout within it you know what i mean yeah. like going on missions and fighting battles and stuff and i think that's probably what they wanted to do but microsoft was like fuck that we're keeping halo cuz so they of the needed the
2: mechanics are very halo like oh they're absolutely um, really? even, even the physics are very very halo like yeah, Halo-like.
0: yeah. Like it's it looks it's a reskinned Halo essentially like you can tell Bungie made it but I'm okay with it because that's Bungie's baby that's not sure. Microsoft's baby, um, but the problems that ran into it, there was DLC that was dropped like several months after 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 the first Destiny release that was clearly. Should have been in the original game, but active It, it sounds like kind of money. People at Bungie and Activision said they charge no, for it. Right? It's too much. Strip it out. We're charging twenty bucks for it. If you a- want it, you have to put it a- a- in. A-
3: Activision's kind of caught in this death spiral where um they have to bullshit stuff to get their stock value pumped up. Yeah, and the
2: worst part is they took Bungie and they took Blizzard, two oh. two studios for for a long time that were player player based in a sense yeah. that they cared about their fans. Um, they would outright tell they would post we're not releasing this game now because it's not as good as it should be to where they go to Activision it seems like games get pushed out on time no matter if they're good or not
0: so Destiny 2 drops this past like last year and with these Destiny games what you have to understand is they make a lot more money if people are still engaged still playing until the next one releases so that's why all this DLC and stuff is created well, dude, people played for like a month and they were gone. Mm-hmm. No one's on the servers, no one's playing, no one's buying the DLC. Just no one's doing it because they war- the the fan base warned you. They said, "Dude, you <coughs> you fucked up this time. You really messed up. You gave us an incomplete product. It was very obvious, and then you charged us for more." You know what I mean? And you and you bled us, essentially, because of our love for this for this studio. We're not going to fucking do it next time. If you don't release a full game next time, we're done. They didn't for Destiny 2. And that was it, and now And they walked away. The I mean, that must
1: have been a tough contract to walk away from. You said it was like a 100 million dollar contract. It was a 100 million 10-year
0: contract and 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 they were supposed to have How many four years or five did they releases. Last? What's that? How many years did they last out of that 10? Six, sure. I think. They- four,
1: five or six, I think. So they must have got somebody to buy them out of their contract, right? Could they have for, afforded
2: for Bungie, it on their own? I think, too, it's a concept that we stay on this route, we're going to become just another studio. Well, I think no what was okay going to up.
0: happen was I think they were going to pull like a Trey like Hart, or not a Trey Hart, like, a, like a, the Dice team, which essentially means they were... The core guys were just going to bounce. They're fine, you right. can have this shell of what Bungie used to be. We'll go create a new fucking studio and sell our IP. And I think Activision was just like, I don't know why Activision would have given given them not only their, like, essentially all given them an out of that contract, but why they gave them the rights to Destiny. That was surprising. That's really shocking to me. I didn't understand that. I mean, literally, from what it looks like, and I don't know what Bungie did, hopefully they didn't have to sell their soul to someone else to get out of that.
3: I would not be surprised if... Um some of Activision's stuff may have actually broken the terms of a contract that they
0: had. Oh, maybe like some of the fraudulent stuff well, that no, money people were doing? But
3: or? Just, yeah, basically it's if there was some behind-the-scenes stuff where they're like, you know, like everybody saves face or whatever. But if it is, there's the, 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 the flight of talent in the executive suite on that company itself is making me think that there's some there's something not quite right in the 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 the, the town of the, the the country of Denmark as it were
0: something yeah because they
3: they've, they've had CFO they've had CFOs jump and ship left <clears> and right <throat> uh, you know like just the, the CFO, I mean, like, never mind the senior management in the other companies but I I would not be surprised if there is you know five years down the road something like we're, we're talking about like there was some weird started of Denmark
0: no, uh, that's a that's a term. There's something rotten, something stinks so in the state of Denmark. Yes, yeah. oh, so it's, gotcha. it's, it's,
3: it's from uh, it's from uh, not Macbeth. Um, what's the alas, oh, poor Yorick? I knew him well.
0: Um, it's from a Shakespearean mm-hmm. uh, okay thing. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, it's well, right.
1: it's it's interesting for so this just kind of carbon dates me, but when I think of Activision, I think of like the old Atari titles. Sure. I mean That's but, old. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Let's go back to the Nintendo games. Yeah. I mean, what what thing, Nintendo games did they make? I don't know. Because from Atari, like Pitfall, Activision game, right?
2: Very yeah. iconic. River Raid. Don't very they do iconic. A lot of, like um, licensed games like Turtles and things like that on Nintendo.
0: Yeah, I think so. But the thing is, is like you're right. And those memories are fond. Because frankly, it's really just been the t- past 10 to 12 years that Activision has turned into this like really big shit show where they're just Too big. They got I really think they got too big, it came too much about the investors and the money and they just started making shit decisions like pumping a call of duty out every year, not changing much. You know, I've
1: I've worked in corporate America for my entire career and it is always interesting to me when I see an executive show up to a company that knows nothing about that company and he's immediately making decisions. mm -hmm. Now, not to say that an executive can't do that, right? I mean, there are certain skills that these executives have, which that's why that's why they're hired. You need somebody with those skills, but I also can see how it can dilute a brand, how it can move the direction of a company away from why they even started to begin with. Well, that's a complaint, and um, any kind of real. Business situation, like, oh, here comes a new manager telling us what to do, but he's never done any of this. He's stuff. never done any of this stuff, right? And 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 some t- sometimes that's fine. That's actually w- in some cases that's what you need, right? Like, um, <clears throat> let's say Tesla, for example, right? They were having production issues on their Model Three car. It, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how Elon straightened that out. I don't know what he exactly what is my hero what he this did is crazy to fix that problem, but it, it wouldn't. I don't think anybody would blame him if he said, you know what, I'm cherry-picking this executive from Ford. I'm cherry-picking this executive from General Motors because whether you like their cars or not, they do produce cars. Mm-hmm. Right, and, they know and
0: the pro- some of the, I'm sure some of the processes are very similar, right? Yeah. So it's a similar problem to solve.
1: I believe he fixed that problem by putting people in the place of robots actually. I believe that's how Elon Musk fixed that problem.
3: Well, actually one of the the biggest problem with Tesla for the longest time was that they didn't have any of their automated manufacturing equipment up and it was they were hand building huge chunks of the car.
1: Did you hear that he he tweeted that he was going to put uh, he's going to make his his the next uh what's what's the, is what is it model S what's the one that that's super fast that ever the the sports car one? Which one's that? That would
3: be that would be the S. the, the, S, the, the, yeah. the Roadster. Or he said the it.
1: next version of the Roadster is going to be able to uh, is going to be able to uh, levitate. I just want a flamethrower. Yeah, he tweeted it, and this is Elon Musk we're talking about. So we don't know how it's got,
3: much it's got rockets.
1: Yes, he actually said he's going to put SpaceX Jesus rockets Christ. where the where the back seats are, <laughs> and he's going to make it hover off of the ground. I, I don't need all that. I just want one of his flamethrowers. Yeah, it's
0: fucking. Hey, that's it's crazy. it's not a flamethrower. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so what was the other gaming thing? I know we've, we've gone over the two-hour mark. What was the
0: other gaming thing? Well, the, the, that was... That's the biggest right did now. Did you say there was two news things? No, but what I wanted to like kind of also stay with it is, like what are your opinions? Um, Trace, you'll have a tough time with an opinion. So this is a big, big win for Bungie, and this does excite myself for Destiny 3 because I think they're going to take a long time. I believe uh, Activision said they wanted Destiny out. Destiny 3 out before 2020. I think we'll probably see a 2021 release mm-hmm. for Destiny
1: 3. Oh, wait. Who, who owns Destiny now?
0: Desti- Bungie now owns Destiny. So they gave back- them the right to the a- IP. They okay. gave them the licensing rights to the IP.
2: I got to look into that because I thought it was some kind of publishing deal. I didn't know how the IP worked. So. But I was surprised that they got Destiny. So.
0: Specifically because they probably could have at least kept it in litigation for the rest yeah. of the remainder of the contract. But... One part: Are you excited for the for Bungie moving forward? Do you think that they'll be able to come back to old form? But the second part: no. Does this give? Does this give any? And I'm going to go around. Everyone's going to give their opinion. Does this give you any hope? Because it gives me hope that Blizzard might some way be able to find their way out of Activision. Can you first?
2: I think Blizzard's too entwined at this point, um, but at least there some certain things are staying. Uh, Consistent, like um, Starcraft, the esports. I mean, but that's a lot to do with Korea. Um, Bungie. It comes down to how do they get out and where are they going? Um, like are, are they're under new ownership or deal with the devil, like you said. But going back and remember my uh, Bungie days, playing Halo Three, being on the forums, seeing the creators on the forums, seeing. Uh, I remember one time there was uh, one forum post about some silly game type match. And then the creators, they went and put it on that weekend. They're like, it's only for a day. We're going to do it. See how you guys like it because you guys came up with it. And that was cool. It was just one chain. So if they if they can go to a point where they're either completely independent or have a good range of leeway, it, it could be exciting. I mean, they, they focused, like especially with Halo 3, a lot of different aspects. Like I could see all my stats right in the website. I could... Uh, if I played, if I didn't know you, I played with you in a match a couple of games ago. It showed up in the website, so it was easier to contact because I had my keyboard and mouse. Where trying to talk with the controller, you know, Stuff. type it's harder. So they, they put in a lot of little things like that that made a huge difference. They, they they did a they took the time to keep things in in sync with the people who were hardcore fans between their bucks and things
3: like that. So I think they they showed at least that they cared more.
0: Gunner, what do you think?
3: I think uh, Blizzard is screwed because they unfortunately did the merger of equals thing like Daimler Chrysler Daimler Chrysler when they tried to get out from Vivendi and got into bed with Activision and they didn't realize that Activision is actually more shitty than Vivendi or was going to was going to do the massive heel turn um, and again it the problem the problem is, Blizzard is living on inertia. I mean, like there's a they have the bet they one of the best art teams in modern gaming. Um, but all of the really interesting designers have kind of come to the conclusion that it's better to just do their own thing, and um, it's just there. There would be so much money involved in getting out from under that Activision merger at this point that it, it it's. Effectively your your only recourse really is that all of the cool blizzard people are like, you know what, hey, it's this is nice. Um, we're gonna go start our own thing. It's been it's been real guys. Peace out. We're gonna call it we're gonna call it, we're gonna call it Hurricane Studios or uh, Or Blizzards of the Coast.
2: That's a question too for Bungie. Did they lose too many to Microsoft
3: Studios when they split? Well, but, uh, Some of the cores. They're like, yeah, but, but they they push the freaking composer. I mean, like you know, like there, there's there's all again. That's there's weird. The the Activision Activision can't fucking help themselves because the pro Activision Activision is not a game company. It is a marketing company yeah. that is digesting studios. I mean, EA, EA is fact You know, EA. Had its own thing because it's effectively a gambling company that's trying that, that used to be a marketing company that has a bunch of studios that it kind of slowly destroys over time, and you'll have like maybe an enthusiast project that as long as they can't figure out a way to, I mean, like I saw, I don't know if you saw the re, the remastering Command and Conquer. I saw that. They're not doing microtransactions in it and anything like that, but yeah, it's like, here's all the original Command and Conquers and high res, nice. and network modern network support.
0: Are you excited for what Benji's gonna have to come or no. Do you think they've lost too much talent? I don't think Bungie's Bungie
3: anymore. I mean, like, I I don't know if you. I mean, like, you know. And again, like, my my, my Bungie experience is, you know, maybe this is where I live in the past, but it was Marathon. It was oh, yeah. fucking myth. Uh, do you, myth. do you do you remember do you remember Myth? Did myth? I remember Myth? Not 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 oh, not not, not Mist. Right, but Myth the 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 art, the real time terrain altering RP like real time strategy game like yes. yeah they they did hmm. they were. They were interested in doing innovative work, and I mean, like it's good, you know. Like maybe Destiny's not going to suck going forward, but I don't see I don't see them as doing something crazy. Like even, what was it? Um, it's hard to do anything extremely creative these days. Well, did, didn't 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 Bungie mold. Bungie did um uh was it what's the the this, the pirate game? Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves that was, was that was that them? That was rare. That's rare. Okay, yeah. rare. Rare has the same problem though, where it was like it's this. It's a studio kind of known for taking a lot of chances, and it just kind of got all of its character stripped out because here we want you to do that thing on this thing, but we don't actually want you to do this thing on it. We just want people to think that you're doing this thing on our platform because was it rare for a long time? Nintendo only. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. they're they, during they, they, the
0: Super they, Nintendo days and the yeah. N sixty four days, they were doing Nintendo. And then, and, the,
3: and then, Microsoft bought them when the first gen <laughs> Xbox came out, because they wanted they wanted like a first, they wanted a in house developer who does weird, non popular consoles. Yeah, Microsoft wanted everything. They
2: they almost had PlayStation at one point.
0: Trace did a Nintendo. Yeah, Trace. Do you have any? I know you're not really a huge gamer. Yeah, it's so. tough for me because I'm not a gamer. Um, I don't
1: know the history of a lot of the games that you guys are d- discussing, but uh, I I can at least speak on on some of the things that I have that I that I am familiar with. So um, my brother worked for a large data company called EMC for a while, and at, at a certain point in time, EMC decided they wanted to get into the cloud, and with a just a thrown together group and and a thrown together is probably the wrong term but with with a very small group of highly highly skilled professionals they were able to make a product um they they when they first offered it um it had a really catchy name and they were actually making their job postings under the catchy name because if somebody saw the brand the, the actual brand behind it that was funding it, then they would have, they would have ran away, right? They wanted to see something that, that had the appeal of this tech startup. But what was cool was they were allowed to do pretty much, they, 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 were, they were the masters of their own domain. They just had the funding of the parent company. And I believe that that relationship does work if it's executed properly and if you give the flexibility to, to the, the smaller entity and you allow them to kind of be the master of, of their own domain. So I think that uh, a company like Activision actually shot themselves in the foot by acquiring a company, but forcing them to adhere to their own um, their own policies. However, that in itself may actually be exposing the problem here. And when I hear you guys talk about like Rare, and I hear you talk about uh, uh, Blizzard and and some of these these companies that had, had a very, very concrete identity, a lot of the, the identity that, that you guys are attached to, I believe, was when they were smaller.
0: Yes. And oh, yeah, absolutely. actually when video
1: no gaming doubt. in general was much smaller. I mean, if you think about just the Halo brand, Halo itself was originally a PC Master Race, right? we're talking like when halo was first released no. you could- no. first release um, on console the intent, it started
2: on console the intent yep. was pc but that microsoft was Okay, like, no come on xbox let's go um, okay so,
1: so halo started on which console did it start on? Xbox. xbox original oh, okay. xbox okay i was but unaware
2: afterwards um before the xbox live era mm-hmm. they did release it on pc and it became but very, the, was the xbox networked could you play multiplayer you could do lan because back in the, the days, people would um, have to bring uh, their
1: Xboxes over to your house.
2: Peerable Street, we used to. So I don't you need we like were talking multiple televisions. Oh yeah, we had two two huge screens, uh-huh. a smaller
1: one over in the side, okay. and like sixteen people. In one little part about this size. But was it predominantly successful as a multiplayer game on computer first, or was it just as successful on console?
0: Just, I, I would say it got most of its following on console. Land okay. parties,
1: things like that. Um, but even, even then, though, the idea of a land party—you use that term with a gamer today. A lot yeah. of them have never experienced they a LAN party. The fuck it is. They <laughs> don't really understand why you would, why you would move your console into somebody else's home to play them, right? So, in, in what this is, and this is, I think. I I just watched the YouTube Rewind with PewDiePie, um, going back and and talking about it. Now, I I have never even watched PewDiePie prior to watching his review of Rewind, but I had to watch it because he wasn't mentioned at all in the Rewind. And I guess he isn't. He's never mentioned, and it's because YouTube has a strict no-swearing policy, so they don't feature people that have content where there's a lot of swearing.
2: Yeah, because Rewind's just an advertising. Like, hey, this is all the stuff that we do, so... Well, bring your advertisement here, so they pull the. Well, nice that's the out.
1: interesting part, Ken. Is what you're saying? Rewind is just an advertising. It is now, right? And I feel like it's a good metaphor for what you guys are describing. Rewind started off as saying, "Hey, look at all of the crazy things that YouTube exposed to your life this past year." But over the years, Rewind has turned into a promotional, uh, a promotional piece. They're like, "Well, this this video is going to get 50 million views." This is what's crazy about Rewind, and I love it, and I think it, it, it plays right into the same concept. Rewind is now the most—the the, the 2018 Rewind is now the most downvoted video on YouTube. It has 21 million downvotes. I don't think anything has higher.
2: That's what's crazy.
1: Things are getting popular just because of negativity now. It's like, that's true, You can, too, still, you can but, still sell ads on that. That's true, too, but but I think I, the, the, the metaphor that I'm trying to, to nail at is that Google forgot what YouTube was for. Right.
0: And it's, it's ins- because the, they sold its soul. And PewDiePie. It's about the money. He says,
1: he says who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be that introduces this video? And he turns around and says, Will Smith. And he goes, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Will Smith had one video that was popular this year. He goes, but I guarantee you he's never played Fortnite. And then boom, they, all of these, these, um, these YouTube celebrities are on a Fortnite bus and they're all going to be dropped into a world. And he's, that right there I think is the heart of the problem is that when, when corporate America gets kind of the culture of what created a brand and created a product and when they stomp on it that hard, you have revolt. And I think in this case, um, it will help the brand by, by divorcing its parent because its parent didn't respect the culture, and the followers. However, I am concerned, and this is another point that PewDiePie made, and I actually really like the guy after one video. He really came out as a very insightful man, and I really like him after one video, and I'm probably gonna subscribe to him now. PewDiePie? <laughs> <he laughs> well, yeah, one of the things he goes, smash that subscribe button. Yeah, you know, cause I need more subscribers. And I thought that was funny too, cause he realizes he's got way too many people following him. He's uh, an inter- interesting story. Yeah, uh, I not I would love like to you. hear his story. Um. But the, one of the, the final points I want to make is he said, when YouTube made their first Rewind video, there was about 50 mainstream, like over a million subscriber channels that existed on YouTube. Now, there's over 2,000 channels with over a million subscribers. And he said, YouTube could not possibly get all 2,000 of those people into their video. So they have to choose. Mm-hmm. I still, I like the fact that he gives YouTube some credits there and says, hey, they had to choose somebody. But the icing on the fucking cake, and I loved this. One of the pieces in Rewind was an illustration by a popular uh, YouTube illustrator. Uh, well, a popular, a popular uh, YouTube channel that does illustrations. And the illustrator put PewDiePie's chair in the video yeah. and PewDiePie said you know what my chair can't my, you can't censor a chair you can't say the chair's guilty of swearing my chair made it into this video and he said how much you want to bet that if the if the if the YouTube executives found out that my chair was being slid into this video without them knowing they would have pulled the chair out and that i think kind of wraps up this this tug of war between like the grassroots development and the the corporation and but the and, and i know i'm going long with my answer here but the, the concept of 50 channels versus two thousand channels i think describes the problem can these smaller game development companies survive with the way that games are demanded now. Because 10 or 20 years ago, it wasn't the
0: same. Or is it just the nature of the beast and just all that money accelerates the, pro- the life process essentially ending in death? That's, I guess, the question. But speaking of accelerating the Did process. Did you answer?
1: What's that? Did you answer?
0: I think I pretty everybody pretty much knows my opinion. Okay. I, I agree. I think I, Blizzard's fucked to my chagrin. But such is life and... Yeah, I actually am now kind of excited about Destiny 3 and might give my money to uh, Destiny 3 because I didn't give it to Destiny 2 because fuck Activision. I didn't play 2 either. But anyway, we are now a bit over time, over time, so we're going to bid all our friends adieu. Thanks for everyone for listening. Ken, thank you so much for coming coming on, man. Thank it was awesome hey,
3: well, well, Welcome in. Right. Yeah, I
0: hope you come uh, come on to the, uh, to the show again. Sure. Yes. It's, okay. it's a, it,
3: uh,
0: he doesn't know it, but he's now our fourth regular host. Yeah, right? <laughs> Have to be every other
3: week. <laughs> He's dying for an esig, and no, you don't. You don't understand. I'll get. I'll, I'll get you the rig. It's the mobile hands-free one, so you know you, you can look. You can look like a console cowboy with the cyberpunk uh, we augmented need, reality do, visor on. Do so you, you, you have, have a head
0: umbrella that We can make him wear. Yeah. Yes. No, no. Oh, Kenan Helburn, uh, your head's made for that. Well, that would so make me look up. like yeah, I'm fresh off
3: the boat. No. Yeah, <laughs> but but would you would you at least go for the like uh, no? You need AR. to the rest of this. No. What, the, 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 the headset? You're not going to go for the, the visor?
0: I'll do it. Too much. All right. Well, with that, we no, bid you adieu, and uh, we'll see everybody next.